Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 271. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And for the first time in nearly a month, Connor's also here. I'm here for at least two weeks though. Two? I didn't, you're two. back next week? Oh, I'm back on. next week, yeah. I thought I had to put up with more one week, Matt. No, no, sorry, you two weeks in a row. This is, this is very distressing stuff. I got... I got Three weeks off to make up for and annoying you. <sighs> Do you know what? We didn't even talk about wrestling that much last week, but I feel like we have to make up for it this week now that Connor's yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, normally I would agree, but I am very tired and cranky. I mean, I'll talk wrestling. I just won't drag on and on. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just the thought of doing it, just because Connor's here, amuses me. Hey. That's really? fine. If that, you want to do that, I'll I'll go catch up on the highlights from today's football. That uh, that that table spot <laughs> was pretty tough for for old CM Punk. That man is forty two. Oh yeah, he yeah. bounced. He he bounced <laughs> off that that damn thing. <laughs> that table, That's no something. Right. Yeah. So this is a comic book podcast. DC Comics. Allegedly, we, we get together. We uh we talk about the books we read this week. And it's a weird week actually. It's a weird week where I only had three books. But that's not to say there's only three books in this show. There's actually like a good like six or seven. It's just that they're all kind of mixed up between who read what. Uh, so coming up on today's show, Matt braved it on his own for Justice League 67. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Matt and Connor read Wonder Woman 779. And it's the first time Matt's been covering a few issues because Matt was behind for a couple. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Matt on his own, Brave Superman, the Authority. Man, I, the first half of these books, I've got I've got some nice easy time. And then both myself and Connor read I Am Batman issue one. Myself and Matt read Rorschach issue twelve. And then for Patreon, I read The Joker issue seven, and Connor read Harley Quinn issue six. So it's a I'm, weird I'm, mishmash of who read what. But I'm gonna be honest here. I'm only here for Rorschach, really. I suspect that is true for most of the audience. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was looking forward to. You know, so... I've not been like, guys, I'm not feeling it today. Um, (laughs) I'm tired, I'm cranky. I don't even Uh, read Rorschach. I don't care much for it, but it is clearly the main event of the books this week. It is the main event. Just objectively speaking, it it is. So, Connor, now that it's done, you should definitely go and read it, because it'll probably read fantastic together. It's Real good. I, I really He's... just got bored of that first issue. This guy. Can't account for taste. Nah. Mm. I, I find for me, King either works or he doesn't. There's like not much middle ground for me anymore, especially on his non-superheroes. like I know Rorschach kind of technically falls into that, but you know, it's it's not really a superhero book, is it? No. No, not. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel... <laughs> Yes, but it's also not. But it also is. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, somehow this is worse than the wrestling tangent. I, I, <laughs> welcome. But luckily, to make up for a weird list of books this week, it's somewhat lackluster. Uh, they did graces with solicits for December. I think was it December? I think yep. it was December. It's December. Yeah, and so, some of January. And so much. Well, they did the same thing last week or last month, where they had a few early December solicits and November's batch. So I guess that's the thing now too. So yeah, that that was coming up 
uh, on the show this week. Uh, before we get started, I will give a shout out to one of our long-time listeners, Dan, who bizarrely this week decided to send us all an early Christmas present. I, I, won't, I won't get into details, but he deserves a shout out on the show, if nothing else. He uh, does. So, uh, thank you to thank Dan. Thank you. He sent, well, he sent a really sweet message about what the show means to him and stuff. Um, and it's always touching to you know, we we come on here we act like a bunch of idiots we talk about comics we have a maybe a a bit of insight once every five episodes that's worth repeating uh so, yeah, that's not every five episodes i'm here <laughs> shut up you're giving us way too much credit for every five <laughs> maybe every ten maybe twice a year twice. <laughs> there's something insightful uh I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like every time we talk about a Rorschach or a Strange Adventures, there's some good insight. Yeah. But when I'm when we're talking about I don't know, uh, the newest Bendis book, it gets difficult to. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a fan of the speculation of Bendis. There's been some. He 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 posted some Batman related memery that has led to speculation that he will be doing good. a Bat book, uh, one of the main Bat books, not like the digital one that he did before, oh. a Walmart one, wherever it was. Uh, no. And I'm terrified. No, the main one. I thought you going to say they're going to give him some of his own tangent thing go over there. So, I don't I know. Mean, it, it might end up being that, but okay. speculation right now is is a main one. But I don't know who would be taken. Oh, boy, so I know where Naomi's showing up next. <laughs> <laughs> and I, oh. I just wanted to say before Connor went off on that, I... I've been actively trying to not um, partake in negative talk on things because there's just too much on the internet. So, like, it's okay to not like something. But... Um, but then I read Justice League this week, and I'm mad at myself. <laughs> Do you know what? Speaking of not having negativity, happy Batman Day, everyone. Oh, no. yes, it's Batman Day. That's right. Matt's favorite day of the year. <laughs> All right, I'm back. I'm not even going to fake walk off because I'm too tired, but <laughs> Batman doesn't deserve that. Happy Batman Day to Dick Grayson and Dick Grayson only. <laughs> it's Bat Day. Bat Weekend. Hey, bat if, Week. If you ask DC, every day is Bat Day. Bat Year. Bat Decade. Bat Century. Bat Millennium. Uh, <laughs> I hate it here. Uh, what on earth? <laughs> someone, someone once co- compared Batman to John Cena, and I was like, "You're not helping yourself." Like, I'm, I'm clearly a CM Punk fan, so trying to compare John Cena to Batman, you're not helping the argument. All right, like we're not going to see eye to eye. I get it. Batman sells. That's why he's on everything. Doesn't mean I have to like everything. You know. Doesn't mean that everything's terrible either, but yeah, Ugh. Batman Day, get out of here. Go to watch Nightmare on Elm Street on HBO Max. There's a big stupid banner. It's Happy Batman Day. Almost threw my remote. Also, I don't get that comparison. If anything, CM Punk's more more Batmany than. They're Cena's. talking about when when Cena was up at the top, and he was on Fruity Pebble boxes, and it's because John Cena sells. So those are like, so you're going to be mad at John Cena because he's profitable. Oh, so, no, so, the, been, so the only comparison was sellability. That I mean, that's not really a comparison. No, because they weren't comparing characters or anything. That's like saying it was the, the fact that like, Batman's everywhere, 
was the same as John Cena being That's everywhere. And comparing him to any yeah. old school like Hollywood star. It's not even that. It's like comparing him to Coca Cola. Coca Cola sells. That brand's mm-hmm. on everything. <laughs> right. So to be fair, and I was good. like, yeah, dude, you're you're not helping because that doesn't mean it's just because he's everywhere doesn't make it good. That's not what I'm arguing. I was arguing that at the time the current Bat book that was being produced wasn't that good, and I'm tired of seeing Batman on everything. Like, you know, if you're gonna do it, at least be good. You know, like like Batman right now, like Tynan and and Tamaki. You know, I'm fine I, uh, seeing Fear Street on everything. I am loving Tynan's newsletter every Fear week, Street. spilling the spilling the spilling the beans on mm-hmm. Batman's. He really shouldn't be saying, I don't think, if he wants to have any sort of relationship with DC in the future. You know what, though? I do think it's a different, um, I don't want to say backstage, that's wrestling parlance, but it, it I almost feel like the it's offices not, are a little bit different. It's not stopped you know? before, but... <laughs> true. But I'm just saying, I feel like it is a little bit different where you can kind of air things out a little bit as long as you're not, like, you it's know... It's like the way he's... But in, in the last one, he was just talking shit about editorial, like mm-hmm. basically for the entire newsletter doing, yeah, they told me and Tomasa we had to, uh, you know, the, the the Alfred funeral issue. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, we want you to split the whole Bat family up by the end of that issue. And we want them all fragmented. And they were like, no, we don't want to do that. This was so under uh, Didia, right? Uh, Would have been, yeah. 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 It was sense. pre-5G stuff. Um, yeah. And, and like basically... When he came on his run, mm-hmm. they uh, they had the first issue out before they, you know, he was still trying to get answers as to, okay, but what can I do in the next issue? What am I allowed to do for the actual ongoing storyline? Well, th- this makes sense why those early issues of his Batman were kind of like showcases for all the new stuff, <laughs> you know? Like, cause he's like, well, I can't use this, that, or this, so I'll just do my own. It, it was literally that, a that case man of... needs a massive uh, a 3D printer that he can make cars out of. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it, it was literally a case of he uh, he said he flew to the offices in in Burbank and was like, "What can I do? You know, I need to I need to get this sorted this weekend, or it's not going to be ready on time." And they just went, "Yeah, just make it up." <laughs> It was really like a mess by the sounds well, of it. That explains also the existence of Superman and the Authority, but we'll get there. <laughs> I don't think anything explains that. Okay, no. well, obviously... No, there, there is. I, I, yeah. Well, obviously, the main bit of uh, news is going to be the solicits that we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, because there's always time for everyone's favorite segment. It's the Comixology Top 10. Enjoy it while it lasts. I'll find a way. I'll still find a way to have a top 10 of it. Don't you worry. I, I don't care if I have to go to some weird comic ranking site and just see. Do you know what it's going to end up being? The only the only top 10 that I can think of off the top of my head that I'll know will still exist. League of Comic Geeks uh, top 10 pool of the week. <laughs> I wasn't actually going to say that, but that, that is preferable to my option. So what, what was your option? The, the site that we do not like naming has... Oh, yes. um, has a handful of retailers that it speaks to every week that report their sales and they mm. you know they they go oh well these 10 stores you know this this is kind of how it looks across these stores on average sure, I'll, extrapolate out. I'm, I'm just going to message uh the irish comic book store big bang comics uh on twitter and just say hey can you privately send me your top 10 for the wednesday <laughs> just so i can see it on this on my podcast please thank you <laughs> sure they might do <laughs> they probably would 
It's probably you never know. It's not like it's private information for a lot of it. Like, I, I see, usually I, to talk about. Yeah, I, these books sell well. I see them tweeting a lot about the sales figures, so I don't see why not. Um, but yes, top 10 on Comicsology this week. Time of recording. It's the usual Saturday recording. First time in a while. Um, so, number one is not a DC book. It is, is it an X-Men book? It, it is an X-Men book. It is The Trial of Magneto, issue two. I remember an issue one of that, still, to be honest. But <laughs> still, still doing the that, huh? All right. Yeah, still doing a lot of stuff. And then there's a Star Wars book, Darth Vader issue sixteen at number two. And then finally at number three, we've got a DC book. Any guesses that one would like to make? Is it one Joker. of the four bat books that are out this week? It is a bat book. I am Batman. It's actually Batman eighty nine. Oh three. shit! Oh. That was out. All right, five yeah. bad books this week. Joker. Wait, no, Joker. Is that out or is that? Uh, that was out. Yeah, that came out this week. Yeah. Uh, the number four is Marauders issue twenty-four. Uh, is that an X book? I think that's an X book. It X-book. is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then number five is Superman the Authority. Number six is Justice League. Number seven is Eternals. Thanos rises issue one. Okay. It's the the main Eternals books on a break for a few months, so this kind of like what they're putting out. In between issues. I don't know what about the way I said that made Connor think I gave a shit, but... Because the main book is Kieran Killer and Esad Ribic, and it's fantastic. <laughs> My statement stands. Uh, number seven is Rorschach, issue 12. Uh, number eight is Fantastic 435, and it's an 80-year special? No, sorry, 60-year special, sorry. Yeah, but of course it's a special issue, because isn't there one of those every week now? Yeah. Uh, it's a very expensive, hundred-pager-looking thing like DC do. Um, and yeah, sixty years adds up. Start of the sixties, yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how years work. Yes. Well, no, because it's just the cover and thumbnail size. The sixties, like, it's, it, there's so much art in the number that it looked like an eighty to me. But yeah. sixty makes sense. Why was that funny? Just, just because do you, you not recognizing numbers? You know. It goes along with you not recognizing other characters. There's a give me a chuckle. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, so that was number nine, and then number ten is Black Widow issue eleven, which uh, I will read that at some is a point. Great cover. Is one of the best books Marvel publishing. Right which now, I will I'll read at some point because it's Kelly Thompson. Uh, it is the equivalent. Is Marvel's current equivalent to the current Nightwing book? I would say that's hmm. its closest comparison to DC. Hmm. I will happily read it at some point. Uh, Joker's actually come out number 11. Wonder Woman came out number 12. I am Batman 13. Batman Urban Legends 14. So I'll, the DC all kind of clumped up. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not surprised by that. You know, Urban Legends still selling that, relatively speaking, well. You know, given that's a high-priced book. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it is definitely doing well for it. Obviously, we all decide... Well, actually, Connor read a bit of it, but he didn't read enough to talk about it. <laughs> but we all decide not to read this one because it was all the, the future stories, and it just didn't... And that, this doesn't mean that I've dropped it necessarily. Honestly, I might jump back in next time if, if the stories feel more interesting or relevant. Um, I just wasn't that fussed about doing an old future mm-hmm. book, you know? 80 pages of that, yeah. Or 60 yeah it feels pages. superfluous at this point. You know, like at least the other ones had the, the the grifter story, right? And they had the. I think the, it's it's getting back to having Zavarsky. the fear state tie-ins in the next couple of issues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's fear state yeah. tie-ins, which which is far more interesting, I I, I think. Um, 
I mean, because to me, the appeal of that book is that it's effectively a collection of minis that aren't getting their own I, books. I, I do suspect it was a case of they knew they wanted the first dates and they needed one issue beforehand, you know, based on when everything else finished. They were uh, like, oh, mm-hmm. we'll, let's have a theme for one issue rather than his, you know, three random stories. But it does make, unless you care about, you know, like, completion's sake, like, it, it does make it very easy to dip out and back in because it doesn't really matter uh, yeah. in this case, so... Uh, but yeah, I'll probably read the next one for the Fear State tie-ins. Um, so, there you go. That's, that's, that's about it. Uh, in terms of uh, the top ten. Um, nothing super surprising, uh, all things all things considered. Um, Just but... uh, in terms of numbers on things, did either of you... I, I know this is a, probably a stupid question, but did either of you happen to check out the, the webtoon? The, the DC launch, the Batman one? <laughs> no, I did not. No. I'll, give you, I'll give you two guesses and one don't count. It is shockingly delightful. I do recommend I mean, it's free, so why not? Uh, that's had over 500,000 subscribers to that now. Uh, readership could be higher because um, not everyone you know, subscribes to the series. But, I mean, that's a lot of eyes on, on a, a series. I mean, yes, it's, it's hard to compare because it's, it's a free product versus... Yeah, three ninety nine is cheapest, mm-hmm. so there is no direct comparison to single issues. But it's interesting to see that there's that much of an audience for it. Hmm. And it is very fun Bat Family nonsense. I'll tell you what for. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Sure. Partly Matt Well as well. Yeah, that's good. I barely had enough time to read my four books today. Well, this week for today. So going and finding out a webtoon and having time to do that, I just very short. I'm not. I don't really like the format of of webtoons because it's like one long continuous scroll, like down a page, and it's kind of essentially split up into like panels. But there's no like jump to the next panel, like if you're doing like guided view or anything, it is literally just scroll through. See, see Matt, I told you Cara would know what a webtoon is. <clears throat> yeah. I think it was a safe bet. Yeah, but when it came up in the news like a week or two ago, like we were like, eh, what's a webtoon? I don't know. What's kind of yeah. anime? <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's basically just free comics that yeah. people put up on these sites. You can, you know, when they, there are ways of monetizing it, but generally access is still free. Okay. Well, let's get into the meaty stuff. Let's talk about uh, December's solicitations and work through it. Obviously, some stuff we knew, some stuff we didn't. Uh, a lot of this tends to be us just gawking at some nice covers, uh, but that's okay too. Uh, so, uh, just kick it off straight into it with Batman 118. 119's also out, so it is still double shipping with Joshua Williamson's arc, uh, the Abyss arc. Uh, I don't know. 119 is stayed for January. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. It's not my fault they started putting books for the following month in the solicits. Yeah. I just saw a second they're issue. They're a month apart, about the first week of, of December, first week of Yeah, uh, it, it, it's monthly. January. It's monthly. I, I just Usually I see two issues of something, and I just go, oh, it's double shipping, because that used to be completely true. It's mm-hmm. just they're yeah. messing me up. And, it, and to be fair, it is double shipping before this month, because it's double shipping through Fear State. Uh... But okay, okay, so 118's in December. Uh, there's a Matina cover, which is quite pretty. There's also a 
uh, Bogdanovich cover and a Jock cover. They're really whipping out all the big yeah. artists for these, aren't they? Well, that's because this is the start of the new run, so they're kind of making a point on this issue, I think, more than more than usual. Yeah. Well, like I guess I really hope the Bendis rumours aren't true, because that means he's more likely to take over Detective, and I don't want Tamaki's yeah, well, run to end. I, I don't either, but given that we'll get to Detective what he's doing, but it's like a 12-issue thing that's going to take place over a few months by the sounds of it. Oh. And maybe it could start after that. That, looks like, a, that sounds like a big finale, though, for Tamaki, at least, if that is the case. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, one one nine's there too. Also has a bunch of covers, and so, some of them are nice because the, the 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 main covers we already saw back when they announced uh, mm-hmm. Williamson was taking over, and they are very pretty covers. But then there's some great variants too. Uh, next up was a new book that was announced this week, and this is a a very much the the Larry David <laughs> gif, the Larry David gif of like weighing up the the pros and cons of this. Uh, so. Batgirls is finally a thing. A, a title, to, a, the exact title I have been asking for for probably like two years at this point uh, is finally happening. Batgirls issue one is coming out in December. However, however, the creative team is not necessarily one that I am super excited about. Uh, written by Becky Clooney and Michael W. Conrad, who are the current writing team on Wonder Woman, and I've obviously done things in the past. We got art by Jorge Corona. Um, so I I didn't love their Wonder Woman. Um so I'm I'm a bit skeptical of the actual rating of this going in. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm hopeful. I I'm going to try and be optimistic because I do really want this to work because I really like yeah, the concept. Uh, they've been describing it as a, an all ages book as well. Like obviously it's not under one of the other labels, it's still core continuity, mm. but they're treating it as an all ages book, which I think should be delightful. Uh yeah, I, I don't know if I wanted it to be all ages necessarily, but um, I, I don't think I guess in the way of what I want from these characters either, so, you know, uh, whatever. You you want to see uh, Cass just snapping necks? I'm not against it. I'm not, I'm not against it, is all I'm saying. There's, there's <laughs> lots of books that we can see Cass doing that in. It doesn't have to be in the Batgirls book. Uh, um, so, I mean, I hate some of these covers, but I like some of the other ones, so... Yeah. I don't know who did the, the really, like, the watercolory looking one. It's a little... Manga esque, but I think if this is the vibe they're going for hmm. in the book, I'm, I, I, I'm very comfortable with that. The one before that, I really like. I'm not sure uh, who that is has done that one because there's like four or five covers the, here. The the cartoony looking one. I think that's Dan Hip. I, I mean, I don't know. They're all kind of cartoony looking. To be honest, <laughs> it's just well, the only the yeah. only one I know, which is the second one on Newsrama, that's yeah. the uh, Lee one. I'm- Almost yeah. certain. Sure. Okay. Well, it's the one after that, and the one before the the manga watercolor one. Mm-hmm. That I quite like. Yeah. Uh, but the, the work. Yeah. I mean, the watercolor one's all right, although it's a bit. Uh, like I, I hate how uh, Batgirl and Nightwing look in the background of that one. I hate, I hate that yeah. art style. Yeah. Well, just like um, standard chibi stuff. Yeah, chibi mm-hmm. stuff. Shit. Trash. Throw it out. Get rid of it. Burn it if, down. If the run on Batgirls is anything like the run on Wonder Woman. It'll start it off with a bang, and then slowly get I'm, to the point where you're just like, okay. Here's the I thing. suspect I've been enjoying Wonder Woman more than Matt has. Yeah, but yes. here's the thing, Matt. Here's the thing. Very different characters, very different setting, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping True. that these types of characters and their banter, which is very different from Wonder Woman and her yeah. fantasy, you know, yeah. land, <laughs> is at least... Lands, you know, plural. Plurals, yes. Uh, I'm hoping that makes a difference. Uh, issue 2 is also solicited here for January. 
So that is neat. Um, yeah. The main, the main covers are not bad, actually. As much as I was praising that one variant, I do think the main covers for both have got a nice sort of edgy, kind of fun style to them. So uh, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for the I best. Like, I like the Christmas one where they're making a snowbat. Mm. Uh, and the main cover being good is a good sign because that's also the interior artist uh, on these first two issues. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good good stuff. That's uh, Jorge Corona. Uh, I'm referring to there. Uh, and then we get to Detective Comics uh, issue 1046 for December, and then the next one will be January because that one's right at the end of the month. Well, that's <laughs> where the the first one's it's just a first day aftermath. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. The next two, which are both January, are interesting. This is the one where we need to talk about. I will mention that in a minute. What I want to talk about first is the uh, variant cover on 1047. That's the first one that you're looking at when you look at it. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Oh, the, the, the film poster. Yes. Yeah. Look yeah, at this, it. It is beautiful. Um, and I, I shit Gotham the movie because then that makes you think of the crappy TV show. But and I should you not. It's already my phone background. Okay. It's already yeah. my phone background. <laughs> I, See, I would hate that. As a I did that because. All my apps are like uh, side loaded on my left side of my screen often, so I'd be covering up everything. Uh, it's my, also my log screen though, so I mean I get to see yeah, it yeah. first, so it's yeah. just nice. Uh, I, I made I made my lock screen uh, Kate Bishop from from the new Hawkeye show. I mean, um, very mine excited. Is currently Carrie Andrews Wonder Woman. Ah. Did you see that? Oh, I very. I can't. Very good. Uh, it just disappeared. I saw. It, anyway, it went off, and I just saw my own reflection in it. So that was yeah, yeah terrifying. Wait, you can you don't have a reflection. You're a vampire. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll, so what I'll do is I'll read. I'll read the. So what? Yeah, one thousand forty-six is fine. Simple issue. Uh, that's uh, Tamaki and Dan Moore. We get to one thousand forty-seven. Start of this twelve-week thing or twelve-issue thing, I should say. Uh, and this is Tamaki with uh, art by Ivan Reese and Danny Mickey on this first one at the very least. Uh, back up by Rosenberg and. Some of those backups have been sold. The detectives had this consistently. And, uh, backup art by Blanco as well. Yeah. 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 Consistently good backups so on Detective. And the, the last couple, which have been teasing this uh, or Task Force Z uh, story coming up, has actually been surprisingly great. So I'll read this, though. I'll read the solicit for this uh, 1047 since it's the start of this thing. The tower begins a 12 part weekly detective. Oh, it is weekly. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought I'd made a mistake when I said that. A 12-part Wheatley Detective Comics event starts here. Arkham Asylum has fallen, and in its place, Arkham Tower has risen in the heart of the city. A pitch made by the mysterious Dr. Ware. Uh, unlike Arkham, Dr. Ware promises uh, his methods and drug treatments will heal Gotham's criminally inclined for good, a claim that skeptics like Deb Donovan and the Bat family don't believe. There's something wrong with the tower, with Dr. Ware's methods, and with uh, Batman away from Gotham City the rest of the Bat family is going to find out what but not before everything explodes uh, so what's really cool about that uh, there's a few things I like in here so this is going to be a Batman less 12 issue story that is kind of awesome at least for the most part maybe it'll pop up you know later on but at least to start with he's going to be absent um, so that's kind of neat uh, having Deb be at the center of it as well is a is a great thing because that's a character that she's done a good job of building up over the course of her run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like all the people on that cover that we're going to get to utilize in this story. Uh, I'm loving the Bat family of this. This is all good stuff. Yeah, and it's a it's a twelve part backup along with it as well. That's yeah. also pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I also like that they credit um, 
Uh, Ivan Reese is a DC Comics legend <laughs> in the solicits. So that, that's pretty cool. Do you know what? I wonder how many of these 12 he gets. Through. Like, how much lead time mm-hmm. has he had? Oh, I, he's not going to be on all these. Oh, uh, God, no. I, would, I wouldn't if, expect any artist to hit if, all 12 if, weekly, unless he's been me, working there for a year. If anything, if anything yeah. I suspect that, like, they'll have, like, do you know how that Batman arc leading up to Fear State uh-huh. had those little bits at the start with Batman held captive? Yeah. If anything, I bet there's something like that in this where it's the first couple of pages a of each runner. issue is Ivan Reese. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all he does I, each I, issue. Or... Because what has he been working on? Just Batman, Superman, right? Last night, yeah, last night. I've yeah. noticed, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's had this in his back pocket for for a minute, and he has a big lead time. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I, if this is the end of Tamaki's run, and I hope it isn't, but if Which, it is, for the record, is wild speculation. Yeah. based off of it events. is, but it's also kind of what's been happening to Tamaki across DC. I know, but. But this is oh. the thing, though. Even if this is the end of her run, like she's already had enough issues that this being a big twelve-part finale, it feels quite nice yeah. to be honest. Like I won't be that upset well, if this is the end of her run. No, and it's about it's by Bendis, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's a, that's it's a separate about... that's a separate issue. There's an issue of her run ending, and then there's an issue of whoever who is is taking over. Those are two different things. Yeah, and I like that it's about Gotham as a whole. It's not just Batman, right? It's not. Just yeah, around him. It's actively not Batman. And if anything, it tells us maybe a little bit of what to expect from the the new Bat book with Batman not being in Gotham. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I know they teased because they talked about, hey, you know, the, the costume they was wearing was like, oh, that's a, yeah. that's a clue. And it was the, the Batman Inc. Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, well, he's inserted it back to Batman Inc., which is one of my favorite eras mm-hmm. of Batman. So, so he's going to blow heroes... Yeah, that's one of your favorite was... eras of Batman. Uh, yeah, I the Morrison Batman run with the Club of Heroes and the Black Glove and all that stuff. So good. It's, it's oh yeah, pretty, but are you, yeah. do you like Batman and Robin, or do you actually like the series Batman Inc? Like, what are you talking about here exactly? Oh, I'm talking about that that era of like the not whole just Batman, time period but, that yeah. while Batman Inc is going on and that stuff is happening. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, and Batman uh, Inc was fine too up until they. Made Morrison wrap it up in a one special. <laughs> and it was like, oh man, come on. Um, no, I, I'm I'm here for this. I, I actually really like the sound of this this twelve part story. And obviously, only the first two issues are solicited here. Uh, but keep in mind, these are two issues for January, and this is the December solicits. So at the very yeah. least, the next two issues will be in the January solicits. If so. not the next four, given the if, way they're doing this now. Yeah, if not the next four. Uh, are we getting to the point here where they're going to start it's more like the, the last two weeks of one month and the first two weeks of the I, next I month I think it might get towards that Is I that... wonder if it's something to do with obviously they've moved away from Diamond now mm-hmm. and they're doing it themselves mm-hmm. I wonder if it's kind of getting towards like oh this works better for their schedule I may, yeah, maybe, it it like... maybe it's going to be a case of we don't think of it as December solicits it's actually the December January solicits and then it's the January Didn't... February solicits and then so on Speaking, did speaking I see something on Twitter this week that Marvel was leaving uh, Diamond too. Oh, they already have. Yeah, they've yeah, yeah. gone to yeah. Penguin Random House. And, I think for the most part. And same with same with Image. No, Image are the ones that are basically they're the staying. only ones still left. Uh, yeah, IDW right. this week announced they're going to. Penguin IDW. Random. That's who it yeah. was. Because we, we we talked about the news of Marvel leaving on the show. Maybe you were just not mm-hmm. here that week, Matt. But that that was a yeah. few months ago. I think we talked about that, that only happened. Pretty big news in yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah. well, I do know that there's been times that uh, my shop. Has had all their DC books 
and nothing else because of Diamond. I, um, I give Diamond a year at this point till yeah. Image and anyone else leaves, at least the big ones. They say Diamonds are forever, but not this one. Uh, Diamond Comics distributors, though. <laughs> so, yeah, Detective Big 12. Be- Honestly, I could be more hypeful. This, this is exactly the sort of yeah. bad story I, I want to look forward to. So. <laughs> Uh, cool stuff. Uh, then Justice League twenty twenty one annual issue one. Uh, this is December, and it's an annual. It's Bendis. Uh, the one thing to, to note here is that it does mention it's teasing a story for twenty twenty two, which is Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes. So I'm sure Matt's super pumped. I, for that. two years ago, yeah. <laughs> After reading Bendis's no, also him saying Omac is. Uh, the solicit is Kirby's greatest creation. Come on, it's Jack freaking Kirby. That's. I mean, though, what do you choose though? Like, not Omac. I mean, no, I agree. But e- <laughs> even if we're limited, maybe Darkseid creations. I don't know. I might go with Etrigan personally, but Et- I, I could accept an argument for Darkseid. I think Darkseid's probably the one that I'd jump to, but I mean... Probably the yeah, most like, important, I would definitely agree with, but it doesn't necessarily make him the best, at least not for me. Here's the thing. OMAC wasn't really relevant for how many years before Rucka did the OMAC project? Mm, for about 40. Right. So you really can't say Greatest Creation. Like, this man also helped create the, the Fantastic Four and Galactus and, like, so, yeah, I it, it doesn't even say his greatest DC creation, just greatest no. creation. Hey, hey, come on, come on, come on. Omax better than Fantastic Four. That's not. About Thor. Thor? I'm pretty sure Thor was a myth before uh, Jack Kirby came along and. <laughs> right, <laughs> Jack Kirby's version, you know he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I mean, Thor is much more closer to the uh, God of War character everyone's pissing on. Or it's like, go do your history, you, yes. you nerds. They've all been brainwashed by yeah. Marvel and Chris Hemsworth. Right. Yes, they all, they all want the, the, the handsome blonde in, man. And Adventures of Babysitting, where it was a uh, Vincent D'Onofrio Yes, I'm sure that hair. was ex- extremely influential on everyone. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was basically Marvel Thor, but still. Yeah. I mean, that was the joke. The kid thought it was yeah. Marvel Thor. Like the, right. Because she was a fan. Anyway, uh, so next up, Catwoman Lonely City, issue two. Uh, this is the Black Label book that starts the, the prior... Uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, so obviously that's one to check out. We'll be curious to see what that ends up like when issue one comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel issue three. Tom Taylor's uh, fantasy alternate DC take. So excited. Also, I think I need all these Middleton variants. They're just so good. It says Connor written all over it. It does. It does, doesn't it? It does. I, f- I feel. I feel like. All I'm saying is, if if we get to the end of you know, our, our end of year annual, and we're talking about best book of the year, this will have had three issues by that point. Oh no, we've only had two issues because this is actually a January solicit. Apparently, issue two was in the the December, uh, the you know the last bunch of solicits. Mm-hmm. It'll have had two issues by the time we record that. It it'll probably still um, be in contention for my book of the year. Well, while we're talking about our patron saint Tom Taylor, I saw a, uh, an interesting bit on Twitter of someone accusing his writing style as fan fiction written by an actual creator. And I was like, well, so technically it's not all. Work, then. Right. So I was like, I, I understand how it was meant to be a slam, but anything that's not creator-owned, isn't that technically fan fiction? 
I yes. mean, there's levels of something feeling like fan fiction. I would not say that his stuff right. feels like fan fiction. If you want to go and experience something that feels like fan fiction, watch the your Star Wars trilogy, right? I, I think <laughs> that's, they, that's fan I fiction. I suspect where yeah. they're coming from with the fan fiction argument in regards to Tom Taylor, right. especially in regards to now. I, I, I'm would, not saying I, I agree. Something I'm like, saying no. I think they're coming from like the, the relationship with Babs, kind of like putting that all back together because that's... He's, he, he obviously enjoys that relationship as a fan and did enjoy that. Which is why he's right. pushing to bring it but back. But how's that any different than anything Jeff Johns did back with, right, with the Justice Society? Where you know now that I'm watching Star Girl and seeing I, the fondness say for those characters, the, the only difference you know? is that or, this relationship was more well known by the general comic reading public. The, the, the thing is, though, is this is a stupid argument. This is a stupid discussion to have, and I'm bored of right. it already. And I'm bored of it well, no. because no, 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 let me, let me finish. I'm bored of it because. You literally cannot rate a comic book character without it being classed no. under fan fiction by this logic. Right. You can't. Well, that's what I'm saying. What about what about Morrison and all of his stuff, which is all based in old legends and concepts that are established already? Like, so is he just plucking stuff from the universe and putting it together? And that's fanfic. Like, it was a very reductive argument, and part of me was pissed because you know Tom Taylor and. I want to defend Tom Taylor, but the other part of me is like, well, wait, are you just saying this because you heard it somewhere else? And now... Like, something can feel fan fiction because it feels like a bunch of dumb... Like, you can almost imagine a dumb conversation between friends which says, like, well, if this happened and this happened, then it feels unearned, right? Like, well, when you get to the end of Terminator Genesis and Arnold has liquid metal over his skeleton, he's modified to, like, a hybrid. It's like, this is some stupid fan fiction idea that someone thought of, like... That happened in Genesis? Oh, yeah. I'm so glad I never got to the end of Genesis. <laughs> I forgot. I, I, I never got past the start of Genesis, but, you know, not the point. Uh, yeah. Wait, that's the one with Koisi in it, right? Aye, that yeah. awful actress from Game of Thrones, yes. Yeah, Amelia Clark. Um, man, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that. I reviewed that. that. That's my. That's the example I love to bring up when when I'm talking about when something feels like fan fiction. Yeah. That is the example. It's oh, Arnold gets T1000 add-on abilities. I just yeah, and I just wanted to say like with Tom Taylor, I understand that argument with something like Deceased or Dark Knights of Steel. Right, because that's kind of the premise. Is like, what if there was a zombie? Oh yeah, that, that's a separate DC. thing. When it, when it comes to yeah. something like a relationship but, between two characters, which uh, has a history in the comics, like actually trying to use the history and using the backstory to like have that inform the stories going forward and have that history matter and how they interact with each other is good rating it doesn't matter if he's right. doing it because he's a fan of their interaction. He's a fan of their interaction because there's a chemistry there to begin with. Oh, people are his, such goddamn tools. It, his his Marvel work, I can't think of really any that stick out. Like his his all new Wolverine just felt like a fresh new take on a character. Um, of course, we love his Nightwing and 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 whatnot. Suicide Squad. I can't think of any, you know, fan no, service. It, it was a, a stupid so. internet comment that, like I said, that relationship is literally the only way I can even think to rationalize where they're coming from. But mm -hmm. I do not so, agree with it anyway. Right, and that's why I was like, I'm just gonna let this go, and this is where I'm like, I can't. Can't you know. let it go because you had to bring it up on here. Well, no, but I wanted to pick your guys' brains on it and watch Pete freak out a little bit. You know, yeah, that's always fun. People are idiots and morons. That's yep. the end of it. Uh, this is Tom Taylor writing a book that is definitely not for me, but I'll give it a fair chance because it's Tom Taylor. Uh, so when he does either a horror book or like a cyberpunk book or uh. 
I don't know. Uh, there's probably like a hundred different things you could say is made just for me. Man, but here's the thing: even, you even, even that, if you man? don't like this, you've still got multiple Tom Taylor books every month right now, so it's That's fine. Right. Nightwing's the best book well, right now, so it's fine. Like, <laughs> Future State Batman was very close to Batman Cyberpunk, and now I want to see what Tom Taylor would do with like Neo Gotham in, okay. in that. <laughs> uh, so next up, we get a black label book. We get a new Swamp Thing. It's called Swamp yeah. Thing Green Hell. Uh, by Jeff Lemire and Doug Mankey. I am. I did not know about this until <laughs> until ten seconds ago when I scrolled down. This... To look at this. I did not know about this, and I'm already in. Oh. I I believe... say, speaking of things that are up Pete's alley. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be Lemire's last DC or Marvel work for the foreseeable future. He's spoken about having some problems with editorial uh, on both sides. Uh, this was in the works before five G. This was what he pitched well, as as one of the books this, and it's more like his, his black label book now yeah it feels like an extension of his uh animal man so mm-hmm. yeah but, I uh, mean, this is a three issue prestige black label book um i'm in i'm just i'm in i like swamp thing i like jeff lemire i'm in so and you like dog monkey and i like that i mean, I mean he's not like a, he's well, not he's not like jeff no, lemire where i see jeff lemire and i'm like i'm thing. Oh yeah, but he's not like yeah. Jeff Lemire. Where like Jeff, I see Jeff Lemire's name. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to check that out just because it's Jeff Lemire. Doug Mankey's name on a book on his own is not enough to. Hey, but look at that cover that he's done there. Oh, it's a very pretty cover. I'm not denying that. <laughs> yeah, but look at that. Look at that variant, though. Okay, I'll look at the variant. Yeah, that is very nice. It's uh, yeah, that is real nice. Uh, so that's uh, Swamp Thing Green Hell issue one. Then we have World of Krypton issue one. This is Robert Vendetti with art by Michael Avon Oming. Uh, six issue miniseries. Uh, this is uh, starting in December. Uh, I'll, re- I'll read the uh, description of this just because it's such a unique uh, looking thing here. A modern telling of one of the most storied periods in comics. Krypton is a utopia admired across the universe for its achievements in science and culture. But its shining towers and regal people conceal a planet rotting at its core. When a catastrophic event, a catastrophic event befalls Goth- or Gotham, <laughs> befalls Krypton's you, natural. Sir. It's Batman Day, okay? Something made. When, <laughs> when a catastrophic event befalls Goth. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. Krypton's natural world. It points towards a mass extinction in the movie. Yes. So anyway, uh, so this covers very. Um, um, there's a movie called Things to Come from the 30s that I'm thinking of here. It's, it's very, like, retro future kind of vibe. Like that, that sort of uh, art deco science fiction kind of yeah. style is what it's cool. called for. Six issue mini about the, the you know, the, the days leading up to the destruction of Krypton. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm into it. We know it's going to have Jor-El, Zod, and a young Kara in it. All the, all the names you'd expect, really. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, I'm all I'm for, it. for it. Uh, Wait, is this Pete? somewhat interesting in a venditti book yes i am somewhat interested it's been a while i mean i i gave uh superman 78 a chance as well it was all right not enough that i really feel like i need to read it at any rate superman it it, he has such a take on the character that this instantly interests me just to see the final days of krypton play out like over six issues so yeah i'm I'm, that's interesting uh, there we got One Star Squadron issue one. Uh, Mark Russell 
writing. Uh, and Steve, Steve Lieber. Lieber on yep. This yeah. is the, this is the Jimmy Olsen team, right? No. No. Uh, no. Fraction. That was not fraction. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Although Mark Russell's. Yeah, I think you can see why I'd mix the given the style yeah, of that yeah. book. Mark Russell yeah. sometimes is like NPR uh Matt Fraction. Like there's always <laughs> there's always a political subtext to Mark Russell's stuff, and there's always that you know, satire. Whereas Fraction just writes stuff that's kind of zany in that, you know, silver agey kind of way, but makes it work for today. If yeah, if the hunt, if this so this is a six issue mini called one star if this is a squadron of one star characters, where's Guy Gardner? Well, he's not one star, so he wouldn't be there, naturally. Honestly, given that this is probably the closest I'm going to get to a modern, I can't believe it's not the Justice League book, mm-hmm. uh, I suspect that's the, the the angle that this is going for. I wouldn't have been opposed to having Guy on this team. Yeah. Right, one star wonder, I agree. Uh, so, okay, sir. They're, they're excited. So we got some some of these collections here for this, the, the, the Mailstone stuff. Uh, Static Season 1, uh, Maelstone Compendium 1. It's all the older stuff. Oh, all the older stuff, that's 1,300 pages in a paperback. That just sounds like a spine. Uh, that's a compendium, yeah. Decrease the madness. Uh, we have Represent, which is a... It was the digital thing. Okay, I'll take mm-hmm. your word for it. There's some random trades here. Yeah, Absolute Doomsday Clock is here. Uh, that's... We'll get more single issues, right? That's kind of more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Keep going. I was going to scroll yeah, past the trades. Yeah, I was going to scroll past all the trades. Why are they all here, right? Oh, here you go. Right, Action Comics, 10... 1,038. I was about to say 10,000 there. That's Matt's fault. Uh, so, I don't know what to say here. It's just, you know, it's just it's Johnson's run, continuing. Uh, which is good. Uh, Ackerman, I saw someone say oh. the other day um, that, oh, it's a shame about Action Comics. It's the only bad super book right now. I'm like... <laughs> What's wrong with you? Who said that? And why? Where can I fight them? Uh, I, I don't know if it was a, if it was on a Facebook post or if it was on a Twitter, but they basically said uh, that um, they can't wait for this War World stuff to be over because it looks like it's going to be terrible. What? It's just like not even started yet. It's great. Uh, I will not, I will hear none of it. I hear it. The height, the stupidity that exists on the internet. Give me a migraine. I mean, this is more bad taste than stupidity. I mean, I, th- this person could be a physicist for all we know. He just has really bad taste. Mm. I don't know. If you think Philip Kennedy Johnson's not writing well, then I don't think you should be anywhere near a laser. That's just me. Someone print that in a shirt. Uh, so, Aquaman, the becoming issue four, <laughs> coming out that miniseries continues. Water Dragon. That's as, sick. as does Aquaman Green Arrow, Deep Target. Issue three. So that's there. Uh, Arkham City, The Order of the World, issue four. Uh, I am very looking forward to Have, trying this. I've seen a couple of the previews, like mm-hmm. little bits of preview art in newsletters. Oh boy, this looks incredible. Right. Yeah, I just want to say, I'm excited for anytime this. I see Dan Waters' name, I automatically think of Connor and I hate it. I mean, I, I've not even, like, I've not read that much from Dan Waters yet, so I'm not, like, as all in sold on him, but yeah. everything this book's kind of, like, you're giving me vibe wise from the have covers. Have you seen the design of the the ten eyed man? I've not seen no. the design of the ten eyed oh, man. When you get a chance, go to Dan Waters' Twitter. I'm sure he posted it relatively recently. You should be able to find it on there. It's mm. it, this book is going to do things that that we we all enjoy. Okay, okay, confident. 
Okay. I mean, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in anyway. They're, they're mimicking the Arkham Asylum, like, cover and, like, text and stuff for the font. Uh, like, oh, the, the logos and yeah. stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in, I'm in. Uh, Batman 89 issue 5, that continues. Uh, issue 6 is here in the list as well for January. Uh, Batman v's Big Bay, A Wolf in Gotham issue 4, that's for December. Batman Urban Legends 11, this is for January, this one. Uh, so, I'm just trying to see if there's anything particularly noteworthy about this issue. All of them. They all look great. Batman and Zatanna, yes please. Okay. An Ace the Bathound story by Mark Russell. Okay. Yes, please. And uh, a Catwoman tie-in by Ram V. Catwoman and Fear State tie-in. Yeah. Actually, yeah. what's interesting is only three, so that implies that there's three 20-page stories as opposed to the usual two 20s and two 10s, right? Yes, I think so. What, Mal was really confused at me saying that. No, because I'm, I'm, I'm reading, the, I'm trying to match up the numbers, and there's, there's a lot more artists here, too. So I mean that could, could have multiple eyes. Yeah, Heroes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, just the written by has an extra name too, which I'm not going to try to pronounce right. right now. It, it that's does. true. That's so, true. Yeah, because yeah. usually if they're writing, if they're co-writing, there's an ampersand, not a. Maybe maybe there's a not, not yeah. Maybe there's a, a fourth story they've just left out in the source. Maybe maybe they've not like solidified it yet. <laughs> so they, well, maybe there's a reason maybe. they don't want to tell us. Ah, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Spoilers, yeah. yeah. Uh, Black Matter issue four. Uh, by Chuck Brown, that's still going. Uh, issue five is in here, so as well for January. Blue and gold issue five for December, and then we got Catwoman thirty eight for uh, December. So that's cool. Uh, Fierce the aftermath uh, issue, uh, unsurprising. Uh, we got Crushing Lobo issue eight, that's still going. Uh, not that any of us are noticing. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, it was an eight issue maxi anyway. That sounds right, but I mean, let's be honest, I've not really. Yeah, and 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 you claim to love Mariko Tamaki's work. I I, I do, but it's it's Lobo, <laughs> Lobo and and Crush. Yeah. Crush. Yeah. I mean, I I like I feel like if it was the wrestler Crush, I'd be equally disinterested. <laughs> well, <laughs> Pete, that's a deep hole. <laughs> that's deep. The real question is, Matt. Man in demolition. Uh, well, I wasn't even thinking. I was thinking of like a Hawaiian crush when he put on the bright colors. Oh, right. and, oh, man. and then he became one of the right. disciples of Apocalypse. There's, there's, there's very, there's, there's layers to crush. Yeah, all these Brian different areas. Crush Adams. <laughs> uh, there we got DC Horror presents Soul Plumber issue four. Uh, I'll check out issue one when it hits and see if it's worth reading. But uh... yeah, that's a January one, Matt. That's a January one. Sure. What the hell is that? That solicit. Solicit. That's yeah. The solicit for for Soul Plumber just collection of words. Things get weirder, grosser, and more biblical as Edgar and Elk follow Blorp's trail. Blorp. Blorp. Yeah, Blorp's trail. Blorp's trail. Uh, it sounds like someone had a stroke halfway through writing the solicit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's an odd collection of words. I'll, that... ch- I'll check it out. You want a soul plumber? It's just weird enough that I'm, I'm curious. Uh, we get DCV's vampires, uh, issue three. This is the Tainan last Arabic. So, which he's only plotting, not actually writing. True, 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 true. Matthew Rosenberg though is not a bad guy to be scripting though. Oh, no, so, not at all. Uh, you get a va- vamp vampire Vander woman on the cover so uh, the the matina variant is a vampire oh yes 
Don't like that. A vampire Vooperman, yes. Yeah. That's the gimmick. Yeah. Kind of looks like Morbius. <laughs> which is that still a movie that's happening? I believe so. Allegedly. Jared Leto apparently yeah. is Morbius. Shoot. I also forgot Carnage was coming out. And that's out in like two weeks. Oh, yes. Crazy. There's Venom, Venom 2, which is only 90 minutes long, apparently, which is weird for a comedy yeah, movie. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I, I got news that Bond is almost three hours and Carnage is an hour and a half. I know what I'm seeing first. Uh, what did you Double say was almost? Bitches. What did you say was almost three? Uh, the um, new Bond. All right, because apparently the first cut of the new Batman movie is almost three hours, but that looks so good that I'm like, yeah, pump it into my veins. Give me all three hours of Matt Reeves' yeah. Batman. <laughs> give it to me. Bond. I'll give, give a shit about Bond. <laughs> I'll give a shit about Bond in the slightest. Deathstroke King issue four. That's coming out in December. Uh, that's in the solicits. Uh, Future State Gotham issue 8, so that's still going. Um, Future State Gotham issue 9 is also in the solicits for January. We got Green Lantern issue 9 for December. Uh, so, coolio. Oh, I kind of like that variant, actually, with uh, mm-hmm. uh, Joe and Kelly. With all the Lanterns in the background. Uh, I'm not sure I, I like it, but I can see why it would appeal. Yeah, I'll get it. I'm into it. It's got, I mean, it's got a bit of a maybe an acquired taste style. I think but... I need to see like a the the, the full quality mm. image and judge it properly. So I'm gonna hold off. Uh, Hardware season one issue five is out in December. Harley Quinn issue ten, also December. And then we got Harley Quinn the animated series Eat Bang Kill Tour issue four, uh, December five of that I... out in January. So I gotta read issue one still. Someone, Connor, someone compared it, it called it um, Batman meets Venture Brothers. And oh, the like, show in general. Yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. I think that was Mitch Gerrards that did that. Oh, okay. There you mm-hmm. go. I, I saw that earlier in the week. Okay. This, this, I'm telling you, this week is all merged together. I'm not even sure what today is. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Mitch, or at least he responded to it, which is why I saw it, if, if it wasn't him that said it. Yeah, then we got Human Target issue three, Tom King's next big mm-hmm. uh, mini. So cool. that Connor won't be reading because he's a punk. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 got my favorite Justice League team, so mm-hmm. I'll definitely try it at least. I don't like what this is. Uh, what the solicit is is hinting at. I'll tell you that much. Uh oh. <laughs> I just read it. Uh oh. Uh huh. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, this is now the most anticipated Tom King book that's ever been written. Uh, <laughs> it's like five like I really hope the abusive ex is, uh, is, is kind. No, finally, finally, someone's seen that prick guy Gardner for what he is, and we can delve into Everyone it. Everyone knows he's a prick. That's why he's lovable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am Batman issue four, as is issue five, also here for December and January. Uh, you know. Respectively, Icon and Rocket Season One Issue Six, Justice League Seven Two One. Uh, still Bendis for the record, just in case anyone's looking for a change. But he, he's adding the Royal Flush gag, which I was like, okay, Bendis. Now, now we're talking. Get that Sidmar Utopica BS out. Give me all the Royal Flush gag, please. Oh, do you know what? Like it's the high me, bar of every Justice League. Par me the Royal Flush gag. Part of me was thinking there, like, maybe I should go back and we just like, and then Matt just reminded me what the story story's about right now. Don't. And I'm like, don't. oh, I'm so glad. I've never well, been happier. I'll be honest. I'll, uh, I, I thought Matt dropped it already. I'll sum it up. I'll sum it up in, in a few words and then you'll, you'll be good. 
Okay, so. okay. Uh, Justice League Incarnate issue two. Yes. This is the Williamson and Dennis Culver book. That's, Super uh, Demon. Yeah. Uh, this, this, of course, is the the follow up uh, to Infinite Frontier. So, uh, maybe a very, very maybe may, may appointment reading yeah. for the future of DC's like, uh, overall world. So, the, if you are interested, and I don't want to spoil anything, uh, go read go read the the solicit. And there's some big things at play that I feel like in the before times would have been a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. But now we're in this Infinite Frontier, uh, pun intended. And it doesn't seem like that much of a big deal, but I'm a uh, big. Wait, uh, I know I have spoilers yeah. for the book right now, necessarily, yeah. but Connor wasn't no. even here for issue six of Infinite Frontier. Mm-hmm. Did you like the ending? I don't know if I've read issue six. <laughs> okay, there we go. Look, I had like three weeks of books to read, Aye. and I was prioritizing yeah. the ones that. Yes, yes. I've read up to issue five. It will be imp- it will be important eventually. She should read it. <laughs> I, yeah, I will. I'll read it before the next issue. Yeah. There's, there's seven issues, right? Or is there only uh, six? Gary Frank has done a, uh, a cover for, for this one, so... Um, oh, always interesting, yes. Yeah. Uh, so there we got Justice League Infinity issue 7. Uh, that's the Dematis and James Tucker book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legends of the Dark Knight issue 8. Nightwing 87. Uh, which it's people, a gimmick. It's got a gimmick. People were hyping it up on Twitter this week. Uh, which is one continuous image. Now, are they are they implying that this folds out the physical version? No. No. The idea no. is if you've got the digital yeah. version and copied ah, okay. every page, okay, that's fine, and, you know, then. just stitch them together. And you well, so it, scroll it's essentially a, a comics one right? Yeah, yeah, it's a one take. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Turn on the pages, but I, I think it essentially means that everything will be a double page spread. Uh-huh. Um, and you will just turn through. Uh, I, I know in the article announcing it, I don't know if it was a news around one or someone else, but they actually had an example of like here's the first like you know the the preview pages the first mm. like three or four, and they stitched them together and you know you put it sideways so if you just turn your phone and scroll through it, you like saw like as intended with the continuous image. Um, you have to turn it sideways because it was double page. I mean, I uh, love a good one shot scene in a movie where the whole thing's one take. So, I mean, if they can capture that magic a little bit, then. Sure. Obviously, it's a little bit different because yeah. you are still turning pages. You're still having to cycle through things. Yeah. But, but what? Yeah. Off the top of your head, what's your favorite one that you've seen? Oh, oh, that's a oh, I, that's a good top ten, Matt. Actually, that's a good top ten yeah, idea. Okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> but no, no, but I mean, Joe, you know what's going to be up there for me? What? I don't know if it's number one, but Quarry. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That scene from the, the Quarry finale. Yeah. Oh, we're on TV. I mean, the oh no, the but true that's detective a... one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all right. I don't. I don't love it as much. Um, it was tense as hell. It's no. It's got nothing uh, on Quarry. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. So I mean, sometimes it's like obviously the impressive ones are the ones that move around during like a, a fight scene or something like that. But sometimes when it's just like there's a great uh scene in Shane. Uh. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> That's just Steve McQueen. Uh, when in Steve yeah, McQueen's yeah. movie uh, Hunger that he did with Michael Fassbender, there's a scene in the middle of that where Michael Fassbender, who plays a prisoner, has a, a meeting with a priest, and it's just them sitting across the table from each other talking, and they mm-hmm. shot the whole thing. This is like a 20 minute dialogue scene with just them talking yeah. back and forth in one shot. It never cuts. It never does anything, and wow. they rehearsed it like in the hotel the night before, That's... like to make sure they had it down. Yeah, that's impressive in a in a in a not technical way. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's uh, less so that, technical that's and more performance. Yeah, yeah, performance and writing because I mean the, the dialogue has to be good to 
make you yeah. interested. No different in that point to essentially just like a good stage performance. Right? In a way, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the part of the power in it, though, is because it is in a context of a movie where it is like a movie until that scene, and then it just goes like that, yeah. and then that feels it's different because of it. And then you've got like the other end of the scale. You've got things like nineteen seventeen, where oh yeah, 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 it, it aims to feel that one take for virtually. It's, it's kind of weird yeah. judging that though, because obviously there's a lot of tricks to stitch it together because it's not really but, one take. But there are a lot of long well, yeah. that. If I mean, you took any like one of those individually on. and put it in another film, you'd say, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it has to be, if you have to pick one from that movie, it has to be when it hits nighttime and all the smoke and the light from the oh, fire. The buildings are yeah, on fire. The, the oh. hellscape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That said, them, um, them going out into No Man's Land is also really good near the start. Mm-hmm. Mm. Look at, see, look at, look at Tom Taylor making us talk about movie stuff on here. <laughs> well, hey. What a dick. It's so like it's such a natural thing to compare comic book sequencing to movie editing yeah. and cinematography I mean, because the, the, even though you do different things, you effectively try to create the same feelings by the different techniques. Well, yeah. Um, James Gunn put up a, a picture this week of his. I think it was from the Suicide Squad. His. Um, God, I can't think today. Um, storyboards mm. that, and he's gonna he's gonna bind them and make a book out of them for himself. Okay. It, it, it was, yeah, it was like two, it was like two compendiums worth of stuff. Yeah, there's a, because there's a winner in um, that, there's a, it's a winner when, uh, well, not to get too spoiler written, but it's just, it's, uh, oh, what's Idris Elba's character? Not Deadshot. <laughs> not Deadshot. Bloodsport. <laughs> That's what we call him. Bloodsport, did you say? Is that it? Oh, it's Bloodsport. Bloodsport, yeah. So it's Bloodsport and Peacemaker, or basically try to compete and show off who's a better killer while they're invading a camp and it's sort of like it's a wonder that goes between them as they're killing people and it's just quite good but um like yeah so there's a yeah, one i just that. wanted yeah. to bring up you you said you know with, with comics and um movies yeah. and storyboards seem to be the i'm pretty the sure bridge. parasite released their their um their storyboard as a graphic novel that's cool i'm, I'm like 80 percent sure of that yeah and that and that one are in suicide squad i won't spoil it but the dark joke of it at the end of that scene when you realize what's just happened mm-hmm. is really good. So it's, uh, it's very James Gunn. It's very James Gunn. It's, it's like so James, James Gunn. Gunn. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Pennyworth. Oh, Penny, back to the solicits. Pennyworth issue five and six, uh, December and January. Uh, respectively. I hate how good those corners covers are for every single issue of this book. I I have no interest in reading it, but I agree the covers are pretty good. This like five's great, right? But six is. That's that's a pulp that's a pulp book cover. Six is a better cover and it's a better piece of art. I like yeah. five in the like it's really smart like what they've done yeah. to to manipulate the Union yeah. Jack like that. But uh, yeah, six has got a better like that's 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 like, that's like something you put in your wall. If I if I like this book, I yeah. I would maybe get that for like a poster. But now, is this an adaptation of the show or or it's a is it meant to be a sequel series? Yeah, it's like in the world oh, of the show. I think. Continuing on or set before it's something, but it's it's not an adaptation. <laughs> None of us have read it, so we don't know <laughs> for sure. Well, I don't think any of us watched past the first episode of the show. No, no. No, I don't not. want it to, I just don't have time. Uh Refrigerator Full of Heads issue three. Uh so it's, a, it's quite a uh, cover. Yeah. It's a stag with a head. Why not? Yeah. yeah, so it's a great big bushy beard. Now does this does this like because we know this isn't the the original writer? Mm-hmm. Does this 
feel like more of like a grindhousey take on basketball heads. Oh, I don't know. It's more of like a I don't know until we see it. I mean, obviously, it's a thing where it's sanctioned. Uh, there, you know, obviously, uh, Joe Hill like is still curating this, so I suspect that. Um, you know, because it's going this, forward, it's going forward in time to a new decade and and yeah. and the continuity. So I suspect it may have a different feel. I, just I, I kind of hope it has a completely different tone. In the same way that you know, yeah. like some horror franchises where you'll go from one film to the next, then they'll just be like completely different. Yeah, yeah I think that's cool. Just yeah. just basing it off of this, this feels like much more Escape from New York than you know, uh, like that kind of grimy, seedy kind of stuff versus what. What the last one was, but mm. either way, I'm gonna read it because I really like basketball heads. Didn't quite stick the landing, but still fun read. Uh, Robin issue nine, what an ensemble on that cover! Yeah. I actually think that might be the cover for Robin's. I think there's a mix up. Uh... I mean, a lot of these characters have shown up in Robin already, so it's possible. Yeah. It is, but if you scroll down a couple to the Robin's solicit, oh, yeah, <laughs> well. well, well, well. <laughs> Get you and your logic out of here, Connor. Right now. Yeah, yeah. okay. So Robin That's is your name, right? Uh, we got... I thought, I thought he was just going off of a hunch. Like, I don't know. That's a lot of Robins. Well, let, uh, me, let me get through these then. So so Robin and Batman issue three is next. Uh, and then Robin's issue two, which has the same cover here, which means it's probably for that. Uh, but, you know, fair enough. Uh, I forgot about Robins. I'm actually doubt. So we're getting Robins and Batgirls. I, I kind of like that both of those exist at the same time. I can't believe we're going to have Robin, Robin and Batman, and Robins, all at the same yeah, time. Yes, this is true. No Superboy's yeah. book. Yeah, it's I true. mean, Robin and Batman's. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's officially a black label, but it's it's in that kind of format. Yeah. Yes, and the, that's also the uh, the January issue, the one that we've talked about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's you know the three three issues oversized kind of thing, which I'm, I mean it's Jeff, Jeff Lemire again, so you know, and Dustin wins. So. And Dustin wins. It's probably going to be pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so, all good stuff. Uh, exciting. Uh, Scooby-Doo, where are you? 113. Suicide Squad, King Shark, issue 4. That's Tim Seeley and Scott Collins, just to remind everyone what that miniseries actually is. Uh, and then Supergirl, Women of Tomorrow, issue 6 of 8, uh, as well as 7 of 8 uh, for December and January. Uh, Superman 78, issue 5. And then Superman V's Lobo, issue 3. And then we got Superman Son of Kal-El issue 6. Obviously, that's the Tom Taylor one. And Task Force Z issue 3 coming out. And Oh, no. December. That cover. What's wrong with it? Oh, just what it says. I don't want to spoil in case people don't. Okay. Well, this makes sense, yeah. though, because I like this. Yeah. I, I like that they're using an actual death that happened in the yeah. relative yeah. I, just, I don't past. like that it makes me rethink those feelings. I know, I know. That's all. Oh, the variant's quite nice as well, actually. Uh, it's like a... It's the morgue drawer with the hand coming out. <laughs> oh! That, I really you know like about stuff to put up... It, stuff to put up on your wall? Oh, that yeah. one right there. That is... That's, that's Halloween vibes. Oh, yeah, the, the other one's cool, too. I, I like, I like the, the, the man-bat hand one, though. Yeah, that's what I, I'm talking about. I probably do as well, but... Just, you know, to be fair, yeah. both are pretty good. God yeah, damn it, it's going to pull me into reading this, and I don't want to read this. These covers are too good. Oh, I am hyped to read this. Why I... did you not want to read this, Rosenberg? Plus, the backups setting up have been good as well. I didn't read the backups, Pete. Well, it sold me on it, so... Yes, I know. And I wasn't listening when you were talking about them, because I didn't want to get invested. Because we all know how I am. 
Stop if reading shitty. I'm gonna read it. Stop reading shitty Justice League. Read Task Force Z when it comes out instead, right? Yeah, but I have <laughs> to buy Justice League to get Justice League Dark. So I, it's money spent. <laughs> no, notice how that wasn't money well spent. <laughs> it's just, no, just spent. It's money spent. <laughs> Oh, so funny. Uh, Teen Titans Academy, issue 10. And then we got Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries, issue 9. And district 10. Flash 777, but no cover, interesting. I guess it's just not ready. Or maybe there's a secret. I don't know. Yeah, that, that is a strange solicit tag. The first line, Justice League Dark on Gem World. Yeah, that's weird. Like, wait, this is a Flash book? Yeah, it does um, mention uh, Flash. Yeah. I mean, he joins Justice League Dark, apparently, for a... Uh, oh Matt, you well, might want to jump on this. To Gem World, I'm sure. Ha- having travelled to Gem World by the second dimension, Flash joins J- the Justice League Dark and the Princess of Gem World Amethyst in a race against time to thwart Eclipso's evil plans. I mean, I hear a lot of the sound of this, to be honest, but uh, yeah, but every oh. word of that was like Matt focused. It was Matt bait. He gets it. See, there's Gem World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's there's there's, J- there's Jail bait and then there's Matt bait, and they're very different things. <laughs> but I should hope so. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. By yeah, the way, no overlap. <laughs> there's a, a a short documentary that at least Connor should watch. Um, called Halix. That's not short. It's about an hour, an hour twenty. It's about this band that played in Disneyland. They came out on trying to capitalize on Star Wars, right? And they were like the '70s rock band whose main hit was called Jailbait, and they played this. At Disneyland, for for families, it's wild. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah it's called Halix. The story, live from the space stage, the story of Halix. They all give that a watch. It's up on YouTube for free. I probably oh. won't, but I don't watch a lot of documentaries. Still, a reason why. I uh, really like music. I do like a lot of music. Yeah. There you go. You like this. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Joker issue 10 is out, <laughs> as is 11 in January, which is also solicited here. Uh, Joker presents the puzzle box issue 6, Matthew Rosenberg. Um, this is a weird one that I kind of passed me by, because he did this weird digital first format release, and it just kind of made it weird, and I, I wasn't sure what to do with it, so I'll read it in trade later. <laughs> I do like that cover, though. Uh, the cover's nice. Uh, Swamp Thing issue 10, which is actually the, the final issue of this 10-issue run that was, you know, we were told they could get a second season of it if, if it sells well. I hope that that happens, because it's really, really good. So. Even if not, yes. give me another Ram V book to make up for it. Oh, true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ram V, Kite Man. Okay. Hell yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Titans United issue 4 and 5 for the two months, respectively. You're used to what I'm saying at this point. Uh, Wonder Woman 782. Uh, Man, that's a good cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman Evolution issue 2. This is Stephanie Phillips' book, which I have forgotten existed. About. Six issue mini. Presumably it was in last month's solicits too, and I've just forgotten about it. Uh, Crime Syndicate. That's a trade. Oh, good. That's okay. a trade. We're back yeah. to trade. So there's yeah, more we're, trades. we're at the bottom, man. So, so we, we did get it. Well, there's only three trades at the bottom, though. They've, they put most of the trades in the middle, like a bunch of bastards. Yeah. Why can't they just stick to one format? It's so annoying. Guessing my, guess Very all my weird. tits. <laughs> all right, there you go. Any, any, 
Final thoughts, feelings, things to share about solicits. On the solicits, uh, no, that seemed like a lot of books, but it's hard to know because half of those were for January, but then also there's yes. a bunch in the last bunch that were for that, December. That's so true. Who knows anymore? Also, I think the positive thing here is that there's a couple of interesting new books, and but for the most part, all the books that I currently like seem to be getting even better by the looks of it as January rolls in. As December and January roll in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's good news. We'll leave it there and go forth. Okay. Uh, you mentioned there was a bit of news, Connor, that wasn't in solicits. Uh, there was. So, is... in Batman Urban Legends, issue 7 from this week, uh, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly had a Batman Beyond story. And at the end of that, it said, uh, to be continued in... Batman Beyond Neo Year, issue one, coming April 2022. Neo Year. (laughs) Neo, that's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm assuming that is going to be uh, Lansing and Kelly on that book. Stands to reason. Uh, Are we sure it just won't be in Urban Legends? Well, unless they're renaming Batman Urban Legends, Batman Beyond Neo Year, issue one, then probably not. We actually titled the book. So, so um, is it actually is it actually called issue one though? Yeah, it says like, Neo Year issue say... one. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe it's the first part of the story. That's why it's still, you know, like this was the 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 zero it you know issue. I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, but I did think I made it clear. Gotcha. Matt Matt's looking for a conspiracy, but there is no conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, this is like <laughs> almost being certainly... an American Pete. Look it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's an apple in front, but is it an apple though? No. Are we sure it's an apple and not an orange it'd be, in disguise? It'd be a TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a new Batman Beyond book coming in April next year for people who like Batman Beyond the books. The book that won't die. Yeah, that did. It went for like 50, 60 issues, didn't it? A long it time, yeah. I mean, it's been gone for a while, so it's not like it. I mean, it did die technically for a bit, but yeah, yeah. but it went longer than most of the rebirth books. It, it did. It did. It lasted. It lasted a surprising amount of time. Um, I can I can only assume that uh, it was a Dan Jurgens who was writing that. I think it was almost yeah. exclusively Dan yeah. Jurgens the entire way through. Yeah. I can only imagine that much like Lobdell did. Uh, he had dirt on someone and was just allowed to keep writing Batman Beyond. I think Beyond. that's just... He's got pull of having I... done enough big stories that have sold so well over the I, years uh... that gets a bit of leeway on, yeah, you can have this story. And I think people just like Jurgens, regardless of some of his opinions on, on comics and whatnot. I think people at DC just like him. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's been around a long time. He, he, he's probably one of those guys who... I mean, I, I think some of his writing's solid, and I've enjoyed some of his mm-hmm. work here or there, but uh, it, it strikes me as one of those workmen who, he comes in in time, he's not too expensive, and he's easy to get on with. And yeah, that's, he gets the, the job done. Yeah. And all those things add up to just being, you know... I, I've often like I've often had that theory about Zack Snyder, of all people, that the reason why people seem to like working with him is that he's nice mm-hmm. to them, he's easy to work with. Uh, yeah. the, the end product, we, we I mean, we, we're all very critical of what his actual artistic product he- is. But... Wait, that doesn't mean he's not a good, you know, boss, for lack of a yeah. better term. We, we have never said he's you know? nothing. As far as I know, no. he's a lovely person who everyone, you know, you know, would have a, a great conversation with, a great working relationship with. That may mm-hmm. be very true. Yes. Yeah. I mean, people do, like, when you see the, the stars of the movie, 
they have nothing but great things to yeah, say. It feels it. real. It's not like they're putting it over. I, I'm sure know. that is genuine. And yeah, so you know, but, I have nothing against the man. You have to like his creative output. You know. Yeah. yeah. I just love to spit it off at that topic. It was just, you know, I, I get that vibe from Dan Jurgens, and he's one of I those mean, guys. I think it's I, fair to say as well that there are, it's not exclusively like people like Snyder who we have those. I know Pete said before about uh, Del Toro that doesn't yeah. really care for much of his creative output, but no, uh, I was gonna, probably I was gonna would be amazing up. to sit and chat with about them, Yeah. So. Like, why yeah, did you put gonna... wrestling moves in Blade 2? I want to know. <laughs> I know you love wrestling, Guillermo. <laughs> not you, Guillermo. <laughs> uh, how have we not had that meme yet anytime he doesn't get a project yeah uh, not you Guillermo <laughs> oh, man I'm so mad I didn't get to go see his uh, museum exhibit from all his collectibles I know and his you, wife was like you I, need I, your own house for this I know you mean Del Toro but I'm just imagining Guillermo from what we did in the shadows now and it's even funnier <laughs> All his, all his vampire stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm like a vampire master. No, but you're not. No, are you again? No, you're not. You're not a vampire. <laughs> not you. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, my wife is taken good. to any time we've we've seen Halloween stuff, and there's a bat. She's taken to yelling bat. <laughs> <laughs> bat. <laughs> oh man, what we do in the shadows, bringing people together. Oh, so As good. It should. I'll preview what you do next. I've watched the first season, but I, I got, oh I got sucked into watching Ted Lasso. Oh God boy. damn it, it's good. I've been binging 8 out of 10 cats, those countdowns, so that's what I've been doing the last week and I, a half. I, I can respect that. Uh, so. Pete, Pete, I'd take 10 minutes to explain to me what yes. this was last week. Yeah, I had to explain to Matt what, what it was. It's a very... Uh, Yes, you said almost anyone in Britain, and they'd be like, it's, "Oh yeah, sure." Because uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a weird thing to explain because it's it's a game show, but it's not the real game show. It's the it's the first. You have to explain. <laughs> Wait, were you already familiar with Countdown? No, of course we've already wasn't. done this. I don't need. No, no, I'm, no I'm not going to explain again. I just wanted to know if you if you needed to explain Countdown first, and no, then uh, that, like, yes, I, I had so to explain Countdown. Back. I had to explain the ten cats, cats, and then I had to put them together. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole thing. This one is so they, they had an Australian on it, and Australians do have countdown. And he revealed what they called it in Australia. It's not called countdown. It's just called letters and numbers, which is the most basic. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Probably. I don't know. I've watched a lot of episodes. I don't remember all of it. <laughs> He's the one with the fake leg. Oh, that's uh, maybe right. That maybe that sounds kind of right. Uh, it comes up in a lot of his comedy, so. You know that might actually be enough to. Yeah, um, bye. Not to go on a tangent about that again this week. I just, you know, that's what I've been watching. Very good though. That's <laughs> what I'm watching. Although, why the last man started this week? Uh, I've watched the first two episodes as of now, uh, and it is somewhat DC related. Um, it's not a knockout the park. First episode's a bit slow because it, it ends with the big incident that kind of starts everything mm-hmm. going. But episode two was a bit better. Hopeful. The uh, Judge Anderson from Dreads in it. He, uh, she plays Hero, the sister. So, and that's notable because I spent the whole first episode going, I know her from something because she has like long dark hair and obviously in Dread she had the short blonde hair. So I was like, what do I know her from? I know her from something. This is pissing me off. And it turned out to be her from Dread. So mm-hmm. there you go. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Would you like to talk about comic book that? Is that what you want? Yeah, Either I do. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't realize it was going to be solicited. So I panicked thinking we didn't have enough. So I asked for questions on Twitter. Now, 
Luckily, luckily, I was very last minute, so there wasn't a lot of submissions. I do want to just very, very quickly answer the one question that I thought was worth uh, responding yeah. to. So, if you'll just, uh, in, you know, indulge me for a second here. Um, uh, oh, we, we literally just got another one. Like, one just popped up. Like, it literally says 10 seconds ago on my Twitter feed. Oh. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, Booster, uh, Booster Green uh, asked, which D-list character would you want to become A-list? And I'm just going to answer from Matt right now and say Guy Gardner. Uh, so He's not D-list. He's solidly D-list. <laughs> solidly C-list. He says I was such pride. No. Solidly B-list. B- hey, that's what makes him work. He's a chip on his shoulder. S- Skype cut yeah. you off to make it sound like C just to uh, try and help Skype. you a little bit. Uh, yeah. What's funny is the question we just got was uh, uh, at ACN Bat. Uh, saying Bendis no. on tech question mark, and I say <laughs> I say I hope not, but I think we've covered that already. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we have thought about that. We've covered it, but uh, I just want to know just as it happened to pop up the second I I looked. Uh, well, it's um, nice to know if if the, if we hadn't spiraled into that earlier, we'd have had a nice prompt for it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, not and just not to, someone did ask if you could pick your own Justice League lineup. We're doing your team, and I'm only mentioning this because I, I I genuinely don't know if this is a parody question because they know we get asked this every single time we ask for questions, yeah. or if because they're just they genuinely was... haven't heard his answer before. Maybe they're new. Yeah, it's... they may be new. There was... I think it's been a while. Since there was we did one that. more question too. I'm not counting Tim. Tim doesn't count. <laughs> what Tim does count. Tim asks, "Is there anyone cooler than John Constantine?" Yes. Yeah. And is it millions? And is it, I'll answer this right now and on the show. Yes, it is Guy Gardner. No, I, I will give you an answer. I will answer be quoting you, professional wrestler The Rock. The millions and, and millions, millions of them. <laughs> Not or, Manchester Black, though. Actually. He's, uh, he's just psychic John Constantine. Alternatively, I could answer with that gif from the movie Leon where Gary Oldman turns around and says, Everyone! That moment. <laughs> That's such a great freakout moment. He's at it. <laughs> Evil cop Gary Oldman is at it. He has indeed had it, yes. I I concur. Alright, let's talk about comics then. <laughs> let's get to go. Oh, I can rest my voice for a bit. Uh, so, first up. Justice League 67, Brian Michael Bendis writing with Phil Hester on the R. Matt, take Can it I away. guess Matt's review? He said it would be a few words. Yeah. Is it I mean, it's uh, shit? I, I'm, I'm glad the uh, said Mario Topica stuff is done. Um... And it, and it wraps it up by basic Vendis basically. Um, so the Justice, what are they called? The um, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I want to call them Justice Incarnate, but they're not. It's it's the other one. It's the United Planets, the United Order. They each of their you know people get their own page to introduce themselves, and there's a blue Daxamite that looks like Namorita. From- from from uh, the Avengers or Namora, whatever her name was, it's just weird. I don't. I've never seen a blue Daxamite before, so that was strange. But uh, they show up to help the Justice League fight uh, the San Mario Tobacco. Or but Superman and Batman end up teaming up and trapping him in the Phantom Zone because um, that's the one way that, you know, which has never ended up horribly ever because no one's ever escaped the phantom zone to cause mass chaos later 
Which then leads to the United Order. I'll, I'll be that, honest. At this point, but, the Phantom Zone has about as much traffic in and out as Arkham Asylum does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's even worse because these are super-powered beings that come out. Like, not everyone that leaves Arkham is super-powered, right? No, no that's true. Like, the, these, just, these just are. Them. Yeah, so basically, they tell uh, Superman, hey, yeah, man, that's what we're here for. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll help. Uh, anytime you need it, but you got to turn out of the Phantom Zone projector because that thing's way too, you know, you can't be leaving it in your hands. And Superman's like, well, no, you don't, you know, that that's mine. You know, this is Kryptonian technology. It belongs to me. It's in safe hands. Trust me. And they said that, no, you know, um, we deem it acceptable for you to hand it over to which then the Justice League and the, you know, the many of other heroes that have showed up during this fight. You know, you got, you got, uh, Booster Gold and Firestorm and, um, Plastic Man and Vixen all showing up to help. And, uh, they, uh, decide that, oh no, we're, we're going to back up Superman. You can't have the Phantom Zone projector. Um, and then in, in, in the, basically the B plot, you got the, um, Damon Rose, who, man, this is slow playing this. Turns out his name is Leonardo Lane, and he really is the long-lost brother of of Lois. And he's talking to her, um, and she's, you know, I, I don't have time for any of this, you know. So clearly it's going to tie into whatever Checkmate's doing. Uh, and then at the end, the person that attacked last time that looked like uh, Deathstroke attacks him again. But now there's multiple of them, you know, like, you know, like multiple man. There's a bunch of death strokes now coming out of him at him out of the back of an armored transport uh, outside of a coast city truck stop. So I, I'm glad this, this stuff's over. And if the solicits are to believe the Royal Royal flush game will be a welcome addition. <laughs> Cause again, like if I'm going to keep reading justice league dark, I might as well keep reading justice league and it'll be the one book that I break my rule. I, w- I wonder how he can ruin Royal flush gang. Uh, like they're all compulsive gamblers <laughs> support group you know just like busted or busting heads send mars the new member send mars on the real yeah. <laughs> god that character sucks so bad because at least with doomsday there's that existential threat but the cinema is just this overpowered creature that almost took out the justice well, league it's, over- it's, like- it's overpowered and it's also full of like the crap like uh it's why i always bring up with the star wars prequels all the crap politics stuff whereas like yeah doomsday works because he's this force of nature who just keeps right. moving and never gets you know like he's this unstoppable force but he's simple it's so simple right. right when you try and mix that with like politics of where do we send our unstoppable super powerful being right like, yeah i don't know well, that's the thing though is that they never even send him he was he's he's rogue like that was from the mm. point he got those powers and decided to launch a preemptive strike on Superman. And it's like, I don't care for it. And ben, like, I just feel like I'm, I'm falling out with the Bendis stuff. And it, now that his name is attached to certain things outside of checkmate, really, I don't, I don't care. And that's that from, from where we were with the Superman stuff to, to now, it's just, uh, I feel like the heights are, are behind us now. So, uh, the, I do like Hester's art, but it's, you know, because it's very much of an era, but it doesn't really match this, what's been going on in Justice League. So it just feels like he's 
they brought him in to fill in. Um, but, you know, it's a very chunky, blocky style. It does action well. All these members of the United Order get their, you know, a, like a double-page, um, like, intro to to really show off what they can do while they're also Bendis explaining. You know, it's so like the guy from Thanagar is the Hawk Slayer, you know, and then you have Prince Zarep, which is Perez backwards, which is a fun thing because, you know, George Perez created Starfire. Um, and I should say, <laughs> Prince Zarep is, is the Tamaranian on, on the thing, on the United Order. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so, and he's a, like a, he's like, what was he say? His aunt's, or his cousin's third aunt is uh, Coriander, is Starfire. So, you know, having a little fun there. So there are some little moments in here. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I'm just kind of bored by the Justice League. Um, I kind of miss just like when it was the, we have like Venditti doing like the three issue arcs. And it was just fun, like league stories. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, this is just another vehicle for whatever Bendis is sending, which I feel if he takes over one of the bat books, we'll just shift it to there now, you know? Um, it's not like he doesn't have any ties, like with Checkmate and whatnot either. Cause you clearly have the question. Oh, that said, if you did the question in Detective Comics, no, I'm not getting pulled in. I'm not doing this. I'm not getting hope. So, uh, so rating Justice League, I'm, I'm going to give this a 5.5. Uh, so, yeah. Justice League Dark, though. Um, Still Merlin, dark. yeah. Uh, Merlin's attacking Atlantis, and uh, Constantine goes to confront him, and um, you know, that the Justice League Dark and Aquaman trying to stave off these um, zombie pirate and, and, you know, dead Atlanteans that are coming after him. And uh, Ragman gets together with Zatanna, who, you know, Ragman knows Zatanna's secret about the, the Upside Down Man and, you know, that he has her back for whatever she needs to do. So whatever big magic spell she has to tap into you know, she'll, uh, and she'll, he'll back her up. But, um, Aquaman decides that, no, I got an answer for this. And he calls a bunch of sharks and orcas in to attack these zombies. Um, and Constantine and Merlin are still going at it, but it was just basically enough for, you know, Constantine was, was distracting, uh, Merlin enough for Ragman and Zatanna to, to come in and, try to put him in check and it it ends with with her you know almost going into to full magic mode eyes glowing um to i'm trying to read the backwards word i think she she shows up and and yells crackle and burn but in zatanna backwards can, can i just say matt so, uh whilst the uh, connor's not listening uh yes. when he takes you <laughs> oh, i speak his headphones back on uh I was just going to say that Connor's head... I'm so used to him wearing headphones that his head's got a really yeah. funny shape to me when he's got his headphones off. <laughs> was, your egg, was your head shaped like an egg before the accident? I was just observing it uh, as you were discussing uh, Justice League Dark. But, uh, I'm sorry yeah, for having our... a smooth head. <laughs> it's more the shape of the uh, head. It's not, it's it's not, it's not the smoothness. It. Sorry. Well, I, I said, of course, still writing. Sumit Kumar on the art, so the art looks fantastic. Um... Just the action scenes are, are a lot of fun. You get Kum, uh, Sumit Kumar drawing the demon, which I'm always a fan of. So, 
Um, and then all the ocean creatures and stuff. Really fun, uh, like, half-page spread of Aquaman leading the, his army of sea creatures. But, yeah, so I'll, I'll give uh, Just Like Dark an 8.5. All right. Yeah. Positive. All right, Wonder Woman 779, Becky Clinton and Michael Conrad writing with Travis Moore on R. I'm glad this is over. I'm not going to be talking <laughs> about the gate. I think this... it had a, a couple of issues that were a bit weaker, but yeah. I enjoyed most of the Asgard arc. I enjoyed the one yeah. was like the fairy tale elves. Uh-huh. Well, they were on Alfheim. Like, if that yeah. was one of the... And that's why I thought, oh, we're doing the, the, the Yggdrasil chase stuff. And then we started doing multiversal hopping and this just this, I know you're going to like aspects of this because you do love mythology and I will concede you love mythology more than I do. Um, and I, and I like mythology a lot, but just this whole Janice mess I felt could have been seated a little bit better throughout. And I almost feel like this was a, this just became a showcase to show off the multiverse which wasn't like initially what it was because we were in Asgard for a long time, right? Yeah. Um, Probably about half of this arc because this is then, still technically one arc. Right. And then we start jumping around to, okay, well, we went to Alfheim and, you know, almost kind of teasing that it's kind of becoming Svartalheim, which is the dark elf realm versus the light elf realm. And then we jump to Earth, what is it, 11, where they're, they're swapped. So it's, you know, Batwoman, so, yeah. Superwoman where Wonder Woman's aspect has gotten corrupted from Wonder Man, and he's kind of the patron saint of toxic masculinity. And so, like, I get all the storytelling, but it kind of got away from the mythological aspects here. I think because the, the problem became, like, uh, here towards the end, where they tied to us, so there's the, the two versions of Janus. You yeah. had the kind of the old man version, which was the past the aspect, past. Right. and the evil Wonder Woman-looking one with the magic sword that was the future. right. right. And now they're trying to tell us that the, the past was kind of behind all of it the right. whole time. and Because we should fear his, the future because we don't know what the future holds. Therefore, it doesn't have any power. Yet the past, we should always trust the past because the past is present. And I get yes. that's what they were going for. It was super, it was handled super clumsily. And it did I come just, out of nowhere as well. Yeah, and like the stuff with Dead Man and his whole realm. So they end up here in order to trap the future aspect of, Zan of Janus. They, they trap Wonder Woman, Siegfried, Radostock and future Janus in basically a realm between realms, which is where mm -hmm. dead man was pulling Diana from. Uh, every time she died, space to, to the, the mysterious voice at the time. That, that yeah. Was dead. And that, Come to find out that the reason that they were able to trap Janice here, that even with the God Scraper, future Janice can't escape this realm because it's not a real realm. It's neither here nor there. Except that by the end, Dead Man and Radisson are like, oh no, just kidding. There's always a way. And I was like, well, you just you set up your internal logic. I think they automatically I, broke it. I, I don't know if I agree entirely. Because the logic is that it's not part of the multiverse. Because it's between worlds, which right. is why the sword has no impact. Because that's the right. sword that controls the multiverse. But, but the he way, has well, a no, different it, way in and out. It, well, it cuts into reality. So either this place is real or it's not real, right? Yeah. Right, and that's where the God Scraper has its power. Is in it? It 
can cut through. It's so fine it can cut through reality. That's how Janice was cutting through the different aspects to connect them. I'm, to I'm okay with the idea, though, that this is not reality, yet there is still a different way out, that the sword doesn't help them. Right, but that also goes against Dead Man going, oh, well, no, I, I can always get out. Yeah, he and lies. Like, well, yeah, but when you set it up as this place that's in between and you almost, you know, like I felt like this was cut too short because then we're going to get to the Janus stuff. That I almost, the stuff with the Dead Man live, like maybe we have to trap this future aspect here. And it just, it all wrapped up too quick to make that yeah. land. Like, if they had revealed that, that Dead Man's like, well, no, of course I, I got a way out. Like, I, I think how do you think I traverse? The simple you way know? of doing this is if we'd seen Dead Man in this place mm -hmm. before, like in one of those earlier times when it revealed to right. us that it was him, if we'd followed him in and out one time instead of just right. sticking with Wonder Woman. So then right. we'd have known he was lying, that right. there is a way out, because we've seen Assuming you remember, that's that's mm -hmm. obviously on you as a reader. Right. But it would have set that up in the past. I think that would have been yeah. a, a smart way of doing it. It's just clumsy storytelling. And it's not bad. Like I, I was joking earlier in the show about the Batgirls running if it ends like this. It's not... Technically, it's not bad. Like, it's fine. I just, this this was just an arc that went on for too long, and it didn't end in a satisfying way, just because the way that it even wraps up, that you find out that the lasso that Wonder Woman's been carrying around is one of the threads of fate, which I thought, cool, mm -hmm. cool uh, twist on it, and that they have to reform Janice for whatever reason, and that the fates are all powerful and all-knowing. So I, I do like that. The Fates and the Norns, they're all the same. It's kind of like Darkseid, how there's only one aspect of Darkseid. There's only yeah. one, the Fates, and they're all shared by all the mythologies. And I like how know. they they all have their own names, but even like Zeus in here at one point is like, ah, he should be real glad we're not the Roman pantheon because, you know, they're all way worse than us. Uh -huh. um, but the, the Fates, uh, you know, it, it's the same across both the, the Roman and the right. Norse, uh, you know, and, and the, the Greek pantheon. Mm -hmm. It's all these same three beings. Right. And and yeah, so and then we also get that you know Radostock, of course, because being a messenger god can can go in between, and so Radostock and Deadman were able to communicate with Hermes, and Hermes is able to get the uh, get the Greek pantheon from Olympus, and you know uh, Diana has to basically when she forges Janus back together, it's. The fates are kind of like, well, this is your doing. You're responsible for mm -hmm. this now. Um, and she ends up... This is the other thing, too. Kind of going over everything that she has done in almost like a clip show kind of way. Like, we see all the places that she's been as it goes. And I just I don't feel like there's a lot of ties to it to bring it back up in this way. It was almost like their send-off of the arc. Which I don't think it is, though, right? Like, they're not done with this book as of now. Not done with this book, no. I think what Norman's just returning to reality, to life, right? Right. Which, again, also goes to Pete going, like, well, so this is not going to be her thing going forward. I've read comics long enough. She'll be back. And I just kind of wish we had more fun along the way with the different, you know, realm of the gods. Like, I feel like we didn't even get to the realm of the gods that much. Through, you know, through the story they chose to tell. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I still say I mostly enjoyed it. Um, it's only a couple of issues before this one that I, I wasn't as hot on. And yeah. then this one, I, I do agree. 
I, I like what it's doing. I do think it was a bit on the clumsy side overall. Yeah. But um, I did. I, I enjoyed most of the point, and I enjoyed the direction it took. Yeah. Um, also, there was a moment where where Siegfried yells, not yet. It made, made me think that Siegfried had something to do with everything, because it's very sinister out of him. Did you get that, too? Uh, I don't remember again. That. It where was is where, it in the book? It was where, uh, right before the future aspect of Janice attacks. Um, let me pull it up. And it's been a long week, so recall has not been a strong suit. Yeah. It must be near the start of the book, right? It was, yeah. So um says, Janice, no, not yet. And then Siegfried, you know, because she's going to go... Um, who's she going to kill? She goes to attack dead man. And yeah. so he yells, no, not yet, and stops her hand. And then the way that they're standing with her, like, yeah, he has stopped her. Um... But no, it just it made it seem like he had something to do. It was really weird storytelling here. All like, right, I yeah, I, I can understand why that is needlessly ambiguous. Yeah, so it's not just a no, don't. It's a not yet. Like, no, this is not part of the plan. So, And then the way that he's standing there with her, it's almost like he had something. I was like, oh, no, he'll turn for Siegfried and Radostock, which I kind of felt, again... Throughout, Radostock had these little moments where you're kind of like, he's not trustworthy. Uh, yeah. And then nothing comes of any of these. So they're red and herrings just for the sake of red herrings almost. I think that one, especially the Radostock being like that, I'm okay with because the whole point, the whole thing mm -hmm. was he's a messenger god. Messenger gods aren't right. trustworthy. Right. Uh, and that's just like part of the deal. And there is something in that he kind of knew about old Janus the whole time. And mm -hmm. Janus, like, well, you didn't say anything. He's like, I had a hunch, I had no proof. So I didn't say right. anything. It's like that's untrustworthy in itself because it could have saved a lot of trouble. Right. Uh, but nothing more than that ever comes from it, I don't think. At least not yet. No, no. And, that, and that's okay. Like, it's not like I'm not that upset. Um, but yeah, so so you get to the end and you come to find out that, that Yggdrasil is, is now, you know, fully reforming, which we still didn't really get to the end of that. Like, what was exactly was causing Yggdrasil to to be sick? No, was we it, didn't really get that, I don't think. Was it because of... Jan it's not tied to Janice. Like, that's the whole I, thing. The whole Janice aspect started to take over the story. Like came after, yeah. Yeah, uh, but that Radostock's telling the story to, to babies, none of which I don't think have horns on their head, uh, no. which was disappointing. Um, it was a grow the horns layer. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, no, it was just, it was fine. Um, I'm I'm more interested in their Batgirls just because of the tone. Because when this book really hit, it hit like the stuff with in Valhalla and the, the Valkyries missing, and you know Diana versus Thor and that whole banter a, back and forth. There was a lot of good banter in that part of yeah. the book, which I think is yeah. a very good sign for the Batgirls book. Yep. Um, uh, and so I'm yeah, it started with so much. Next. Yeah, it started with so much promise, and it just kind of fizzled out. Is, is, you know, kind of, I hope not indicative of this creative it, team. It feels a little bit like they were told Wonder Woman can't come back too soon. So you need to just extend this out. Right, like, but you like, know, another few months. So then why then, why then go to Earth 11 and do that whole toxic masculinity story? Like you just kind of did that with Dr. Psycho and Thor. And now you're doing it with this aspect of Wonder Man, which didn't seem to fit the story. Because why was... 
why did that version get corrupted when our Diana went to like are there not any Wonder Woman you know uh, equals across the multiverse now because she's gone like it was just a weird story so I wasn't big on that one because uh, like th there is a story there of toxic masculinity versus Wonder Woman and what that means it was just weird that, that was where they chose to showcase it uh, yeah in the story where they're tracking down uh, another evil aspect that looks like Diana you know a lot of Wonder Womans yeah 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 but yeah, yeah so uh, too long, gonna... but back yeah. to back to present day I assume next issue or at least it'll be the path Something... to the return like more directly than this was in a roundabout yeah. way yeah that said I'm glad they took a chance with telling a different kind of Wonder Woman story because at least it wasn't just the Greek gods and you know all of that stuff over again, or, or Wonder Woman versus Hera. Yeah, or... this is definitely different. So I give them, again, I give them style credit for that. I just wish that it was executed a little bit better. Mm. Art, and the art's been consistent across the board. There hasn't really been a bad art take on this book um, since they took over. No, so... it's been pretty consistent as well. Travis Moore done this issue has done probably the bulk of the issues so far. Mm -hmm. Some of the last handful where we were in different realms and different... Yeah universes had different eyes for those respectively yeah. but they always made sense and they were always mm -hmm. good choices i would say mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah i mean what's your rating it it's still like a, a seven for me this issue good but flawed yeah i'll go 7.5 just because you know my system i can't can't line up with connor so yeah all right, <laughs> Superman and the Authority, issue three. Good Lord, I'm tired of talking. You couldn't break this up. <laughs> Grant Morris and and travel form and Michaela Yan and you got to break. So... The next issue, you're not on Matt. So yeah, cool. Um, so so this starts with the Enchantress stuff where she's basically trapped in her own mind, and um, they brought June Moon basically to to the fortress and um, she she realizes that not everything was a dream and then it cuts back and this is where the travel form and art comes in where we see the fight that you know basically Enchantress was at war with herself and Superman being Superman talks her down and is like no well like we need you and you can't you can't destroy aspects of yourself because they're still yourself you just have to contain them and um so basically the evil part of her does Diz which is the big head creature from last time um it wants to spread the his version of evil which would be you know the very concept of good will be obliterated so superman kind of and I, I like this aspect so again morrison does a lot of get superman as a character because this feels like how superman would have tricked uh mr mixapitalic in this is that he basically tells them that if you eliminate good and you feel accomplished, isn't that a sense of good in and of itself to where then does more is like, well, I don't, I don't like that. And that weakens his grip on that aspect of enchantress. And it allows her to finally break free. So they, they bring her back to the fortress and they, they're sitting around the um, table, the round the round table from Athurian legend and Enchantress basically transforms from June moon 
into Enchantress and um, come to find out that they're they're gonna get one more person and it's Leah where's the name? It's it's Light Ray or Leah what's her name? Because the name I wanna bring up just because it uh, it rang a bell. Uh, Leah Nelson. I was like, I know that name, but I don't know where I know that name from. Um, so you keep reading, and you get some evil-looking satellite up in space with a talking brain in what looks like uh, a version of Ultra Humanite. It's got a bunch of brains in jars floating around. It's very Brainiac-esque in that way. Um, and they talk about a Grundy form. And you're like, okay, well, that's at least interesting. Uh, that pays off later. Um but you have the authority going to to get um, Leah Nelson, who you come to find out is is Morrison repurposing the Flash from the Tangent Earth. I think it's Earth Nine. So her, you know, that version of the Flash is very light based, and that here though she's the first girl born on Mars. Uh, you get a flashback of of her of her birth where. The mom and dad both admit that they cheated on each other, um, but the mom is this isn't the dad's child, and he says that you know I had an affair with something else, which leads to whatever you know created Leah, um, and that she is supposed to be like this light, this um, positive force in the universe, and it cuts to her being depressed sitting in the dark where, you know, this, you know, this creature in the dark is preying on her. Um, and, uh, come to find out that this, uh, creature in the dark holds up a black diamond and then abducts her, you know, taking the light. So Apollo and midnight are both calling the, you know, they have a problem. Her, um, bodyguard who she called Mac looks like they have the Indigo lantern symbol on them. So I'm not sure if that's what it is. Um, but takes down, it's this big, you know, Amazonian looking, almost OMAC mix with, with a purple mohawk. Um, and, uh, tries to fight Apollo. Cuts to Dubai where, where these robots are attacking from that satellite. Come to find out it's the ultra humanite who wants Superman's brain, uh, to put, you know, he wants to remove Superman's brain, put him because, you know, even at Superman's powering level, which I don't think anybody else realizes, um, that's still the perfect body for him. So Ultra Humanite attacks in the form of a Grundy, uh, where, you know, and ends up getting the jump on Superman and takes him away, which where the book ends. He's taking him into the bottled city of Kandor um, through, you know, technological means. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to point out. Uh, that right before we get to uh, Leah Nelson and the Flash and all that, where um, Manchester Black, of course, is just being his miserable self and talking about how, you know, Superman, how can we be the ultimate authority if you're not going to let us kill anybody? And Superman kind of pushes back and is like, well, you know, this is not why you don't have to kill people. And Manchester Black starts saying, you know, here we go back to the Silver Age, blah, blah, blah. Kids today, too irresponsible. Someone has to make old values. And Superman goes, you know, oh, no, that's not it. In fact, people, you know, kids like my son are 
far more responsible and serious about social issues than we ever were. Um, in that I'm telling you to use your powers in conjunction with your imagination to avoid casualties. Basically, just be careful, be responsible. I know you're capable of it. You know, opponents can't learn lessons when they're dead, which again is a perfect kind of where this, this older Superman is who does want to change things and not keep doing the same over and over, which again, hints at what had happened. Um, and this just feels like a leftover for 5G that I don't know where it fits. I know Philip Kenny Johnson's going to introduce Superman and the Authority in, in action soon. I don't know how this fits in. I know Superman references his son taking over for him. And I know that in Future State, we read the, you know, the the John as Superman stuff. Well, at least I did. But the John as Superman stuff, trying to live up to his dad's name. And, you know, his dad being on War World in Future State. I don't know how this all fits in. So it's super weird. But, you know, it's Morrison doing Morrison things with the whole aspect of yourself and getting really, not meta, but applying, like, Social psychology, social social psychology onto superhero stuff to really make it pop. Um, but again, ultimately, I don't know where this stands and what's the ultimate point of the book outside of Morrison just wanting to tell a fun story about a haggard Superman trying to adjust to kind of modern times. And so, in that, it's it's fine. The Janet art really is a welcome readdition after not having it in the last issue. Really? Like, I think it was only in like one or two pages. Um, but yeah, this is, a, this is a weird book, and I know people are real high on it, and there's stuff to like about it, but it's just a little bit too Morrison y for me at the end of the day. I mean, I'm going to finish it. There's one issue left. But... It's funny just hearing parts of it, because I'm not like paying full attention, yeah. is that yeah. some of it is just like, you, it's like the Enchantress? What? Yeah. <laughs> and... I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I just saw that Taylor Swift re-released her version of <laughs> my favorite one of her songs. I was like, I'd spent the whole time listening to that and not to Matt. Are you listening to her version of Wildest Dreams? Yeah, it's it's her best song yeah. by far. I, I heard about that all last night from my wife. Mind you, I'm in a very cranky mood from working 12 hours. And I'm happy for her, but I'm about Taylor Swift out, Connor. Well, so, you've got a whole like, 30-plus song album coming in November. I know. And I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, I am. I've never heard of this song, it's, by the way. That's why I put that out there. Yeah, it's, it's a so good song. Uh, yeah, it's good. So, so you say. Scott Eastwood's in the video, Pete. I mean... Why do I like, give oh, a that's, shit? That's the video that's like uh, in like the, the nature park one, right? Why do I give a shit it's, it's like a if like Scott old, old Eastwood Hollywood. is in yeah. at yeah. Taylor it's Swift video. with you? I almost said Lady Gaga there because I mean Taylor Swift is like an entity to me. But, but anyway, uh, um, <laughs> oh, other ties to modern kind of Enchantress brings up her time with Suicide Squad and how she can be a team player, just not mm. in that way. You know, she has to want to be a part of the team and she wants to be a part of this team because Superman's doing something new. Yeah. Thought that was interesting. So again, Morrison doing Morrison things with the superheroes and turning that on its head. But like the stuff with Ultra Humanite. In 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 the the tangent flash, who's now light ray, which is a new gods concept. I just I don't know. There's a Morrison DC universe. I'm you know, like very curious about reading. Like I I just don't know how this all fits in with that. You know, this almost feels like what he was doing in Green Lantern. 
where mm. he's doing his own version of things. Uh, and I'm glad that he can do that. I just don't know the overall purpose. So I'm, I'm going to give this a, a 7.5 out of 10. It's funny. You said uh, Enchantress talking about not being able to work together with Suicide yeah. Squad. And my my instinct is to crack a joke about how, well, yeah, the editing makes it really hard to tell if she's standing near them or not. So uh, <laughs> it's difficult to see if you're on the same page. Would you have recognized her either way, Pete? Very funny. I mean, Enchantress, I'd probably not. Like, <laughs> she's very different than from the from the movie version. I'll, I'll say that here, she's this redheaded Wiccan-looking uh, lady that wears mm. a green cloak. Completely different than the Cara Delevingne weird pagany. Oh god, mm. that was her, wasn't it? Yeah, weird, weird herky jerky dancing motion. God, I hated that movie. Never, never forget. Never forget. My wife lady to me go, I have no idea what's going on. He go, me neither. It's fine, though. Just eat, eat more popcorn. I, I would genuinely be interested in watching the the air cut. Not that I think it would be a good movie. Not that I think, oh, I really think it'll be great and I yeah. want to watch it. But well, I, I believe there's a coherent movie every, in there. Yeah, everyone that was put up on that up was like, go watch Sabotage and tell me that he should have full reign of anything. Right? Just, like, he said there wasn't a single, like, uh, pop song in the entire version of his. At all, not one. Does that make it better or worse, though, Connor? What was I there instead? It, 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 it doesn't make it better or worse, it, but the, the point of it is is that it was made to fit one style and then was altered yeah. to then fit another style, yeah. which is the problem. Yes, I, I do believe there is a coherent version of that movie. Not necessarily a good version of that movie. I'm not willing to say that. Although I did well, enjoy Fury. That to, was his movie. To be but... fair, the Snyder Cut was coherent. Yes. It was coherent. together by two and a half hours of slow motion. It was coherent with a lot of slow motion and then some tacton endings for a sequel that's never going to happen. So... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I would say the, the Whedon version of Justly, well, I don't even really like that much, is a more coherent movie than the Suicide Squad movie that we got was. Oh, that's, that's yeah. the first statement, yeah. So... I will say, it did give us Margot Robbie as, as, as Harley, so at least there's that. Some good came into the world from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then eventually, and then eventually, with the Suicide Squad, there was a good Harley Quinn movie with Margot Robbie. Don't forget Birds of Prey. First, that was good too. No, that was shit because they butchered Cassandra Kane. Oh man! And and you immigrated. Let's go all day because I want to talk about Rorschach. So let's get to some other books. Oh god, I've got to listen to that yet. (laughs) Uh, Just gonna put wildest dreams on repeat while you guys talk about Rorschach. Well, we're not there yet. (laughs) I am Batman, oh. issue one, John Ridley and Oliver Kuypel on the art. Uh, so did you read issue zero of this, Connor? I did, about 10 minutes before I read this issue. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't that hot on issue zero. I thought it was kind of a, a hard-to-jump-into issue. I did as well, and I because I didn't finish reading Second Son. Not did I. I did. No, okay. I didn't, no. So maybe that's on us. But it's issue zero. I feel like it should like it should be jump onable. <laughs> I don't think I realized. I don't even know if I realized it in the zero issue or if it was in this. Oh, I know issue. what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. You had no idea this was set six years after the death of Batman. I straight up thought this was the present day book. So did I. Wait, this how's issue. it tying into Fear State then? 
I, that's what I was wondering. I was like, I was right, because Second Son, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Second Son was a hundred percent present day continuity because there yes, was references to things. It was, yeah, it was present day continuity, but it took place a little bit in the past because it's what led to it. It ended because I did finish Second Son. Okay, it ended with him opening a thing to that had like what would become his bat suit. Sure, right? there, there's the clear elements of it there. Just slightly but off. There like was a lot. Of, there was a lot of stuff in that book that was like you know Montoya being hired as commissioner. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a lot of things that connected it to present day continuity, and I, I was going to ask you the same thing. Like from issue zero, is there something I missed in issue zero that said this is set six years after Batman is presumed dead? Nope, because I did not know that until that line dropped uh, in this. Because at first it's come out magistrate, and I'm like, okay, this is lining up with where we are. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's maybe slightly ahead of the game. He's got some, you know, it, it, maybe it's very slightly ahead of where some of the other books are right now. But you know, within the ballpark, and and then it's like, now nah, Batman's been dead. It, you know, it, no one's seen him in six years. Batman's dead. It's like he never existed. And I was like, wait, what? No, I will say this. That doesn't even gel a future state because, it, like, Selena is trying to you know, free him during that period. Well, yeah, but he's still right? presumed dead by most people at that point. Right, but as it says, it's like he never existed, which, but, but you you have bats running around, not just... Um, when, 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 well, hold on, when, when he says never existed, I don't think he literally means no one believed he ever existed. He's saying more, like, no one talks impact. about him. Like, there, there was yeah. no long-standing impact of what he had in the fact that we're in a shitty situation well, yeah, now. It's like Batman was never here. I, I get. I, I think that statement's yeah. fine. I get what he means by that. It implies yeah. kind of a like a, a vibe in the city and like how hush hush like talking about Batman is and the authorities don't bring him up. That kind of thing. Like I, I get that, right? I, I, so first things first. I do actually think this issue, and I said this when I read issue zero, that issue zero should be a clean jumping on point. And it wasn't because I was like unsure about who I, the villains were. I was were. very confused about how. When did all this training with Katana happen? Yeah, I, I was unclear on a bunch of things. Now, the fact that it's set at least six years in the future now does make it a bit easier to swallow. But issue one, I do think, works as better as a jumping-on point because he and his narration actually does explain enough in a, in a nice, coherent way that feels like it's easy to follow. If anything, issue zero just murkied things up. And the the only time in the narration in this that I didn't like is when it refer, referred back to issue zero because I'm like, don't remind me of issue zero. I was if, just confused by that. If this book had been marketed as a halfway to fear state, uh, no, halfway to future state. Yes. Book, like, you know, we're on that journey. It can go along in the line with, um, not Urban Legends, what's the future other one? Future State the, Gotham. Future, future State Gotham, yeah. It can kind of be part of that line that they've got going. I'd have been like, cool. I, I don't know if I'd have checked it out. But I'd been like, cool, that's yeah. what this book is, that's fine. So As it was, I was very confused. Yeah, I mean, the actual setup here is pretty simple. You know, he, he goes to his lair, he's getting his suit, he explains the, 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 the basic things that Batman's not been around for six years. Uh, he's taking his father, you know, Lucius seems to be quite happy with him these days, but he's taking uh, a symbol that his father helped build and going to use it in his own way. And it's basically his, like, first night, give or take, out on the town just being Batman. And we see him interact with various people. Uh, you know, he there's a couple of cops that kind of like extend a hand and say, "Hey, get out of here before the rest show up," because there's like a you know a mandate against you right now. Uh, like him being a little bit extra violent, I guess, with like a driver who, which does you know fit into his backstory because he was once upon a time 
a drunk driver and he you know reacts to that appropriately uh and it's basically just him being out there and instead of disappearing there's a moment with the cops where he doesn't like vanish like batman does and the cops like wait why are you still here usually you you you, you go away like when they're not looking yeah. and he's like no 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 like this is what i'm here for this is my goal spread the word batman's out here and you know corrupt cops should be scared but good cops have got an ally like you know go and say that so he's very different he's very blunt and direct and he's not as theatrical as bruce is certainly yeah the cops are like why, why are you still here you, you usually you, you take the guys and then you, you you batman out essentially and he's like i'm doing things differently and i think the thing i'll say is that the art here is pretty solid uh all the stuff like the the, the first page of him riding into the city it's a full page pretty much looks really nice the car chase with the drunk driver uh you know holding I love him up when he gets the, the the clubs out later mm, yeah holding and... up holding up the guy with the shirt with the fire behind him looks really good and yeah he's got batons and he's like gauntlets that sort of pop out yeah uh, and he has a, a great fight sequence with a guy with a, a knife uh, over one page that just looks fantastic yeah it's um which I, I... actually has me a little disappointed because I, I really like the art on this mm-hmm. but when we were just going through the solicits um that was why she was four and five i think was solicited yeah uh that's steven segovia on art for those issues and don't wrong, I, I like segovia well enough but it's disappointing that you know koi pell we've only got three issues at most just a shame when you know when i'm enjoying it i'd, I'd like it a little bit more on a, on a book yeah, maybe he'll cycle back around or maybe he's just going to do other things uh it's hard to say right mm. now um I mean, the art is really good. Uh, it flows well because one of the things I, I didn't like about issue zero is I feel like it was it was just talking about a lot of things that I didn't know. And part of me was like, okay, maybe this is partly partially on me for not finishing the digital series, but it's still an issue zero. It shouldn't feel like I'm just jumping into the middle of a story. Any issue zero slash issue one should feel approachable. It sh- if if they've if it's not, then they've done their job wrong, basically. And, and part of me feels like maybe it's there's obviously a lot of good stuff in here. We've liked a lot of what Ridley's done with this character, but part of this might be whatever this was originally, it got chopped up into like being part of Future State and then a miniseries digitally. Now this miniseries are ongoing that's now like here and it's not present day like we thought it was going to be. It's actually set a number of years in the future. It's been chopped up so much that maybe that has hurt the 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 flow and the experience of actually telling the story a bit. Now admittedly, I think this issue is fairly solid. Uh, I actually quite like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the ending is that the, 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 the two detectives, uh, uh, Whitaker and... Uh, I can't remember the woman's name. But uh, they, they find uh, a dead anarchy in an alleyway, and that's kind of like propelling the story forward. So it's setting up a, a nice, simple, clean story that's not bogged down and, oh, who's, you know, who's, who's just, like, hunting the or crime organization-wise that he's been talking about for, it's like... Just, there's a murder mystery, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's simple, and I think that's the the best thing to do with an issue one, where you're not relying on, at this point, fairly convoluted stuff that probably wouldn't have been convoluted if, if Ridley just got to tell a story from start to finish, <laughs> like it was probably originally intended to be, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely on board to read issue two, but I, what's funny is that Part of me only read this because because I really didn't like issue zero that much. There was nothing else out there. There was week. nothing else. Yeah, it was basically like, oh, I've got Rorschach and I need to read Joker for Patreon. Oh, well, I guess I'll throw in I Am Batman issue one and give it a chance. Uh, yeah. So, 
but it's not bad. It's not bad. The art is solid. Uh, the flow is definitely better than the issue zero. It definitely feels like a cleaner break and a cleaner jumping on point. Uh, I guess you just have to go in knowing that it's set in in the future. So yeah, I'm so confused. So I'm I'm looking at the solicit for the next issue now, mm-hmm. just to check we weren't imagining things. And it's you know, Jace is on the streets as Batman fighting the misinformation and violence flooding Gotham City during Fear State. What mysterious connection exists between Batman at, at, between the magistrate and Batman's second son villain, Arkadine? Yeah, he was introduced in the uh, second then, son. He's the tech bro. And then it says, and what what Gotham vigilante pays the ultimate price when a misguided young man shoots him down in cold blood, which seems to be Linked connected to this to ending. Yeah, this ending here. Yeah, my my guess would be is that this what Arkadine 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 Arkadine. My guess would be is that he'll be in the future, and then maybe there'll be a flashback to a future a fear state related thing, uh, that'll tie into whatever's going on. But it seems to I mean I, I don't see the whole issue being a flashback to fear state, given that I I'm gonna go out on a limb and suggest maybe the entire thing's been changed since it's solicited because I'm looking at the yeah. solicit for issue one now, and it talks about following the trail of misinformation from the um, anti oracle. Oh yeah, okay, so which the... was not in this issue at all. Whoa! So it actually was tied into Fear State at one point. Yeah. Well, that's what. What's interesting is this actually says in the throes of Future State, the streets of Gotham <laughs> cry for justice. So I don't know. Was was Fear State a a typo in the second issue? Maybe. But, then, but the anti-oracle is Alternatively, that could be a typo in that original solicit in issue one. It could have meant f- uh, Fear it State. It could have meant to say Fear State. And said right. Future State instead. Yeah. But it doesn't and sound like people anti-oracles. Like Shit, we need to be a Future State book now. <laughs> okay. My, my, my guess at this juncture is that uh, they wanted him to do a couple of Fear State tie-ins before he started his run proper. And at some point, he's convinced them that that's silly because this is issue one. And they said, okay, sure. <laughs> that's my guess. <laughs> but, I mean, I have nothing to go on based on just... It's the only thing that makes sense to me, given the evidence. Yeah. Right. Issue three actually has the Fear State banner on it in November. So we'll see what happens when we get to that. Because... There's no getting away from it if they I put mean, it on the, 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 the only guess at that point is that there's a flashback to something that happened during Fear State which feeds into whatever the, the, the current plot is. Yeah. Well, it. Well, it's part of the issue or the whole issue because it's set up at the end of issue two. Who knows? But, um, also, Segovia is on art from every issue after this one. Uh, Coipel was only on this first issue, apparently. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. That is disappointing. That's a shame. I do like Coipel. Oh, well. What are you rating this issue? Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. I actually think it's a really solid issue, despite all these extra convolutions that the continuity is throwing at us. But just as an issue on its own, it's really good. I'm going to give it a 7, uh, and I'm just going to be blunt and say that, quite frankly, because I had to sort through like it confusing me because of issue 0, that's why it's losing an extra point compared to you. It's not Because I actually agree, it's actually really solid, but all this murkiness made it a lesser experience to start with until I kind of just got into it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say that and leave that there. All right. Okay. Rorschach, issue 12. Tom yeah. King 
and Jorge Fornes. Sounds on, like Taylor Swift yeah. time for me. Have fun. Yeah, sure you enjoy Taylor Swift. Yeah. Pelic. In your wildest dreams. Uh, yeah, I'm right. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we ended this year living with, after the delirious like main journey of him talking uh-huh. to, to, you know, Myers and, and the girl. Um, to go off to meet Turley and Alan mm-hmm. and present his case to them. Mm-hmm. He's got a tape recorder with a tape. He does, yes. And all, all like, so obviously there was the anticipation that he might kill Turley, right? Mm-hmm. That was the thing the last mm-hmm. issue set up. So all this issue effectively ends up being, because it starts off with him meeting the security guy outside of Turley's office, Mm-hmm. And explaining why he's taking the tape, because typically they don't let in recording devices, yada, yada, right. yada. And all this issue is, up to a certain point, and this is not to belittle it, I just mean in terms mm-hmm. of its its art and its pacing and how it handles all the little moments, is you're like, re- you're, just, you're trying to read if what he's going to do. Because it's all suspense, it's all tension, mm-hmm. it's all just ticking mm-hmm. down to the moment where is it or isn't it going to happen? Yeah, because we just know by the end of issue 11 that he's resigned to a certain fate. We don't know what choice he's made yet. Yep. We don't know if he's going to fully embrace what Meyerson and the kid, right? We don't know if he's going to just give over the information that he's uncovered, you know, uh, and let Charlie know that he knows what their plan was and why, the, you know, we just know that he's he's frazzled. Although... You were kind of given hints uh, with, with how he was walking and his posture at the end of that issue, right? Especially looking at what happens in this issue, you know, yeah, you can look I, back and, and see. There's just there's so many little things, and like looking at these first few pages again, the way it keeps focusing on the tape recorder, mm-hmm. like th- there's this idea that if he clicks play in that tape to hear what it actually says, it'll give up everything that's, that he's got planned, yeah. right? And, and we, again, we don't know this guy's name. Right, we don't know who he really is. We just know he was a private investigator hired by Alan, right? Who is Turley's um, chief of staff, right? That's who, or he—he's the guy behind the guy, right? He—he he runs Turley's stuff for him, and we don't know what he was about before all of this. He's kind of just the audience, right? Like he is the—not the everyman, but the—you know—the avatar, who, the blank avatar. Yeah, he's who. We're experiencing the story through him almost the entire time, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so when when we we don't know what he's thinking, though, this was the kind of, that's been kind of the entire book where that, he... This is the sort of suspense you can only get because you've built it up so well mm-hmm. that, that like, you're just, you're, you're hanging on every little moment, every close-up panel of the tape recorder handing back to him. Because like I say... If the security guy wanted to click play just to check what was on the tape, it would have given everything up. There's so many of these things. And the way that it focuses on the the, the reactions of Turley as as our main character says things like, oh, can I take off my coat? Can we have a drink to celebrate? And then, you know, there's a, it's, it's got those moments where you think, is he going to, like, get mad or be a dick? And then he's like, no, you're quite right. But there's, like, a little moment of hesitation. There's just these little moments before... Uh, where it, it kind of plays off that something, you know, something might go wrong. And that's if there's anything even planned here, because, you know, as far as we know, he might just, yeah. you know, he, he may just give him, uh, give up the information and walk away. That that might be what he does. 
Um, but there's like very ominous moments when Charlie comes over and like takes a beer and they sit and they're sitting there mm-hmm. getting ready to have this meeting. Uh, and they're being smiley. You know, the bot there's a one of the pals at the bottom of one of these pages in the middle. As our main character's taking a drink, he just says, "I'm just glad we're at the end," which mm-hmm. is so ominous, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because that could mean a number of things. Right, uh, we're either he's either gonna finish the job, or he's gonna finish the the other job. The other job, right? Like, <laughs> right? like he's either going to start what Myers and the kid, you know, finish what they started, or he's gonna finish the investigation, turn everything over. And again, we don't know. Upon hindsight and looking over things again, the beer bottle was all the clue that King needed, really. Um, when you think back to issue 11, the the fact that he is sharing the beer through time, right, with, with the kid, and then that ties that back to here, is just brilliant storytelling. Yeah, it's good stuff, and it's... Simple little details, like, they've got our main character, like, the chair he's sitting in is against the window, so the, the stormy, mm-hmm. like, nighttime window. Well, it's not even stormy, it's dark blue, but it's very yeah. different from the light blue that's on the background of Turley. Right. Like, every, every time it goes to a Turley panel, it's all this light they, colors they behind They contrast them. very much. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're explaining this, and one of my favorite moments in terms of reactions. Um, So, they're explaining, you know, Alan's doing a lot of the talking here, and they're explaining things. Um. And they're thanking the main characters. Like, don't, don't worry, son, I'm, I'm living forever. Mass people can't change that uh, with a, a sly sick smell on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alan says, and they wouldn't have gotten anywhere close to you, these people, if it weren't for the help, the help that they got from the Redford campaign. And the close-up, when you turn the page, the close-up panel as the main character says, yeah, as he sips a beer... Yep. It just feels so layered with, uh-huh. like, his eyes say what he just said is bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. the art so, is so good at conveying what he's actually thinking. From the point where Charlie goes, don't worry, son, I'm living forever. Mass people aren't changing that. To to when Turley talks again, right under the, yeah, all right, all right, I mean, holy shit. Which, enjoy so good. That higher thing is so packed. It's, yeah, so packed in tension, but what's so good about that line is you can read that two ways in, in, in a thematic sense. In one way, the like the, the straight way is that, well, yeah, masked people won't change that because the person who's about to kill you isn't wearing a mask. Uh-huh. So he's, he's, you're right. But, yeah. And then, of course, you could read it in a more metaphorical way where right. he is wearing a mask right now. He's pretending to be doing what you're wanting. So there is a mask right. in a, you know, and, not and a literal going, sense. Uh-huh. Sure. Masks yeah. are going to change it. Yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, it, it works both ways. Fabric. Oh, yeah, sure. All, not all massive fabric, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it basically explains the tape, explains that there's a confession here that he's going to play for him, and we get this just... You know, you, you, again, you can imagine this kind of playing out as if it was a camera, like, looking down at the tape as it's playing, and as it starts to roll, you just hear... Like, the, you know, he's taking a while to press play. He's like, is it ready? Come on, let's go. And then you just start getting sound effects as as we get closer and closer on this, this nine-panel grid to the, the tape playing. And then eventually, the bloody hand on the next page comes in and hits play. And it turns out to just be a speech of that Tarly's made before. It's just a recording of one of his speeches. 
Yeah. So which I tried to, I thought was maybe is this the speech that they that Meyerson and the kids showed up to? Mm-hmm. But it turned out that no, this was another speech because there'll be a payoff for that in a minute. Mm. Yeah. The bloody hand reveal was top notch. Yeah, that, it's so good. Then the next page is a two-page spread, but just them both lying there dead in their, in their chairs. And I understand the storytelling is what happened in between the panels. Yeah. However, I want to know what this man did with that beer bottle that led to this. Because <laughs> this is some John Wick-style stuff. You know? Um, For sure. Yeah, man. Uh, so, no... Excellently well handled. Um, and so that's this speech is playing out. So we're hearing that, you know, we're reading that. Uh, my bad. Yeah, right, man. Uh, uh, and he's, he's, you know, this speech is playing, uh, talking about how uh, Redford and his Democrats have had, you know, a hold of this country and the, the 25 years they've been ruining everything. So we're going to, he doesn't say make it great again, but it's very much the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and we're going to take it back, blah, 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 blah. And What's so good about it is, is so there's this page where he he goes to get his coat, which he took off. He intentionally took off his coat when he came in. So when he puts mm-hmm. his coat back on, he's covering up all the blood that's on his like suit jacket, yep. and he's leaving. And the security guy, when he gets out, um, he's like, "That was mm-hmm. quick." He's like, "Oh, I'm going to go in there and check on them." And he's like, "Why are you leaving so early?" He's like, "Oh, they, they said they wanted to go over some sort of speech that he's making tomorrow about uh, the announcement they're making about this." Uh-huh. And so the security guy puts his head, his ear up to the door, and he just he can hear from the tape, uh, Turley saying, "The revolution is in you. It's in me. It's in the country. It's in the soil." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just sounds like he's rehearsing the speech. So he takes his hand away from the door and says, "Yeah, all right then." Uh, and our main character walks free. And the yep. end, the end of this story, the end of this issue, and the end of this whole story is that he's walking down the street. Um. There's a little moment with the like people waiting for the car outside the hotel as well. But yeah, he's, he's which, walking. Oh, we can go back to that. Yeah. But he's, he's walking down the street, or he's driving down the street, sorry, and he sees that the movie theater is playing a new Pontius Pirate movie. It's the mm-hmm. midnight premiere of it. So he goes up and gets a ticket. The the usher says, "Well, it's a bit late. You know, you, the previews are finished. You know, you're going to miss the start of it. It's really good. So you sure whether you wait till tomorrow?" He's like, "No, nah, I don't wait. I wait. I'm going to go." Uh, we we get a creator cameo here. Uh, is that is that Fornes next to him too? I'm assuming so, just because it looks like Tom yeah. King. So I'm assuming the other guy's Fornes. Uh, I don't know what it looks like. So uh, yeah, me neither. I'm gonna. I'm gonna... I, have to, I have to assume. Uh, and he goes in, and the end of the story is him watching this movie play out, and it's you know the Pontius Pirates talking about how you know you'll never defeat me. I am a hero, and I've you know sailed all the seas, and I've faced all the all the injustice I possibly could. When all those travels and all them storms, uh, I never learned to care for the wisdom of gods and men. The final line is, have at ye then, ye bastards, uh, come and fight. If I die today, I die a pirate. And our main character smiles as he watches. And if you if you remember back, obviously there's been various discussion in the book throughout issues about Meyerson drawing the comic and about um, right. the history of that. Here, if the last issue in particular, which I sort of skimmed through again after I read this, uh, there was talk about, like, our main character constantly said when he was talking to the kid and Meyerson, 
The, oh, you, you, you draw pirates. Those are for kids. I read that when I was kid. You know, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I gave that up. Um, and we've talked a lot about the simplicity of becoming something that stands for something that can be mm-hmm. delusional. That can be obviously dangerous and all, oh, all the rest he's... of it. Yeah. So in this reality, right, superheroes are real, but pirates are the ones that were up on the, the screen in part of pop culture. Yes. And so this is effectively our our main character embracing the role of a superhero in this world like and he didn't do anything like you know no superhero pose no you know superpowers or whatever but he basically became something bigger through this and and that's being you know reflected by you know this version on the screen you know he is He's reacting to another creation of of Myerson, right? Uh, yeah, and it's it's notable that he, because because the kid and especially Myerson, like you know, mm-hmm. they became like this world's superheroes. Myerson in right. particular, he became Rorschach, right? He became right. So our main character, though, for him it wasn't that. For him, it was the mm-hmm. fictional one. It was the pirate. It was right. he became the pirate and. And he knows that, you know, he's going to get caught. Like, there's no way that they don't yeah, come well, from. And this this seems like a happy ending, right? But, like, you have to think about, too, when when Charlie said he's never going to die, he didn't mean that in the physical sense either. Mm. The, the idea of what Charlie stands for now, he could have just made everything worse, right? Because now they just gave that a martyr, you know? Which I don't know if that's what Rorschach and the... Well, I'll just say the spirit of Rorschach actually intended right because now sure you're done with Turley, but who is ever going to show up next might be just as bad and they might not be as sloppy you know so now this kicks this back to you know to yeah, me I how mean, i read it you, 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 you can weigh it up though because it's like okay sure this might give them a martyr yeah. and give like the conservative side some support uh-huh. but is that objectively still much, much better than them criminalizing Redford and completely taking him out of power just by default because he's been in this conspiracy to, to murder Turley? Right. And that, that's what my point is. The next person might not be a sloppy, right? Like, without people like our hero here doing, you know, doing what they can, then that's how that side wins. And that, that's ultimately what I like about, about this ending here. Yeah, but much like how Tarly's is saying, you know, he will never die, and the idea will never die. The right, same goes same with, for yeah. like the other side too. Like the same well, goes and, for our characters. Well, that that goes. This is basically the spirit of the comedian in Rorschach, kind of doing this eternal struggle until the end of time. Yeah, those ideas will always persist. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, but I it's like, it. but it's not necessarily that much of a happy ending as well. There's kind of a sadness to it because mm-hmm. like. This book has been an examination of how someone can become an extremist or how someone can become right. delusional and like buy into an idea. And while we might say, okay, he kind of stopped a really bad thing and a bad conspiracy from coming true and, and all the rest of it, like he still has been brought to this point where he had to go and murder someone in cold blood. And he's sort of like in this happy delirium watching this movie when he's assuredly going to be taken away afterwards, where he's going to be found out. And he doesn't yeah. care. Like, he, he's no. not concerned about this at all. This is not... No. Uh, although, you can maybe read into that's why he doesn't wait for the... the you know, because when the, the usher says, why don't you come back and see it tomorrow? Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. Has to be just now. He's, he's on borrowed time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Has to be right um, now. Uh, 
it's, it's funny because there's almost less to talk about in this issue because it is just mm-hmm. the climax. It's very straightforward. It is this, this is kind of the denouement, right? Because we had all the mystery pulled together last time where it went through and kind of explained the the entire, what he uncovered. And that's the other thing too, is like, for as crazy as Myerson and the kid were talking about the squids and, and all of this stuff, um, he has the, you know, he uncovered all the evidence. You know, it's not like he's just going off half-cocked in Murdering Charlie. At least if he's a reliable narrator, you know, we know that he was justified. Right? Like, it, there's no sense of, it's very black and white. Again, a theme of the the of Rorschach himself, right? There's no shades of gray there. It's black and white to him, but I don't think it's black and white in, in an overall sense because, like, we know that the kid and uh, Myerson, they, they mm-hmm. like, openly thought that Turley was part of a squid invasion, that this was coming from the squids, right? And obviously, our character doesn't necessarily believe that, but he does believe Turley has to be stopped for these other reasons. And we right. know, and we know as readers of Watchmen, that the squid thing is is not true, right? It's just fl- it's fl- it's factually right. false. So here's the thing: is that we can't be sure. Like as much as we can see the good in what he's done and like the the positive outcomes from it, it doesn't make him any mentally or any more mentally healthy than the other characters who tried to kill him before. He's just got a slightly different motivation, and he's just went at it from a different tactic and a different angle, but it's not justified. It's not healthy. It's not like a, a positive spin. It, it still kind I mean, of comes from this delusion. He did an actual conspiracy committed by one candidate to frame another candidate for attempted murder. Uh, that, yes, that's true. As far as, yeah, as far as we can tell, that is completely true, yes. Right, so that that's what I mean in, in that the him being justified outside of, like, the whole squid thing. Like he actually has the stuff to back it up if need be, right? Which is different than this whole idea, like with the kid having the circus strongman assume the ro- role of Rorschach. Yeah, but right? it's st- it, but it's still got this sad element to it because he had oh, no, 100%. to be, because he had to become this. He had to become right. this delirious. I'm going to believe I'm a pirate. And not literally, he's not actually like walking around in a pirate outfit or anything like that. But oh. it's it's more of a symbolic thing where, he, like, he sees. Another... Well, he he sees himself as the hero of his story, right? He he feels like he's become what Ponte's pirate was in the stories he read as a kid, which is that he is stopping the bad guy, he's saving the day. Um, and the problem is, is that life isn't that simple. And no. when you try and make it that simple, sometimes it, you know, it it. Right. Yeah. And that's the tragedy of Rorschach, is everything's black and white, there's no room for grey. Yeah, so, um, don't get me wrong, I actually do think there's a lot of nuance in this conversation, because there absolutely mm-hmm. is some topics that should be treated as a bit more black and white than they actually are. Um, right. But, this is a really interesting examination of a character who is basically fighting against something that most of the audience will look at and agree he's on the right side of this mm-hmm this conflict right. right he is on the correct side he's oh. on the more heroic side but yeah. it, it, it's still a sad story of someone going down a rabbit hole and how they it, it's basically saying that anyone can be manipulated to a really dangerous point and be extreme from any angle uh right. and that's what happens to this character over this and the whole idea of this is that it's someone who 
a reader of a comic book can actually somewhat relate to because we all love stories we all love characters we all love stories of heroes and villains and we love to like get into our nerdy side and all the rest of it it's someone becoming enamored with that idea that they can be more important because you know we've talked a lot about how the kid and Meyerson that the delusion they possibly have is this like desire to feel that they're more important than they actually are that they have this grand yeah, purpose so, and that's where a lot of delusion yeah comes so from. No, knowing from Meyerson where his 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 character of the citizen shares a lot right it's basically the question right and, mm-hmm. and Rorschach was based on the question and whatnot that it almost starts kind of with him you know and that by the end of this our our main character is kind of a creation of Meyerson in the way that Pawnee's pirate in citizen were you know and I, I like that aspect of it too you know that he's he's as much of a because of Meyerson is the like he's taking himself on the screen because they're kind of the same at the end hmm. so you know it's very very good Fornes on on art like just there's there there's not a lot of show pieces in this one like we've had but it's almost the lack of those big show pieces is what makes it work like we don't see the actual murder happen we no. see the after effects of it it's more reserved, and I think that's part of what helps build the tension, because it, mm-hmm. it is a couple, it, you know, it's three guys sitting down at a table, and the build-up to them mm-hmm. sitting down at a table, and it's just, but you're you're so enveloped in the what's going to happen of it that, and it builds all those little moments where it's trying to, like, you know, play its hand as to what the main character's intentions are, that it, it's excellently crafted without being showy, and... Right. This book obviously has had big moments in its art uh, throughout the, the 12 issues, and it's been very well done whenever it has had them. But it's almost making a statement by go- stripping down. It's, it's kind of like, a, in a weird way, what I said earlier about like a movie being a movie until that one scene where it just has a single shot and it feels more like a play. Mm-hmm. Is that, that that more basic element feels special compared to the more dramatic and sort of intricate stuff that's up until that point? And that's not to say that it's not intricate. There's still a lot of choices here about when to go in for close-ups, about when to show panels of everyone versus, you know, single panels versus... Like, right. we, get, we get a page of him that's a bunch of panels of him walking over to put his coat back on. Yeah. You know? It really shows the motion there. Um, yeah. I, I think that page shows how this... Not disconnected, but like how... No. Almost... Casual. Well, Oh, I was going to say sociopathic, but yeah, sure, casual. Well, sure. <laughs> uh, he, how he is in that moment where, like, yeah, in that moment, he can literally just cover up what he's done with a coat. And that's where his mind is, is that he's done it and now it's over. He puts his coat on and he leaves. And it's, it's just it's that simple and casual. Um, and if you want to look at it from the point of view as well, that, you know, maybe if this was some grandmaster plan from the kid in Meyerson that, like they knew, they knew they were going to fail, so they inspired him to do it. Because if he can just walk into the room like this, uh, unsuspected, and just do it, uh, you know, and th- there is yeah. almost a satisfaction because of how cocky Turley is, and just how, yeah. how untouchable he thinks he is. Well, and also, I almost feel like looking back over it right before it happens, the way the foreigners draws Turley, there's like an uncertainness to him. Like, um, did he figure? Did he figure all this out? Yeah, is he smart enough to like see this coming, or is he not? Yeah, and it's like, oh man, and we'll never know, right? Because he just 
he starts to play the tape, we don't know what happens. And so there is still that sense of, of the unknown here, right? Like, yeah, man, that's just, it's real good. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. Anyway, even that last line, you know, come and fight if you're know, from the movie. If I die today, mm-hmm. I die a pirate. So it's basically this idea that his life is over because of what he's done, but he's going to go right. out on his terms, feeling, you know, delusional right. or otherwise, he feels like he is this. He feels like he's achieved himself. And again, we're saying pirate because that's what he's, a, 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 you know, admiring, uh-huh. but it's not literally a pirate. It's just the hero of his story. Uh, like he's had purpose. Right. So, uh, no, wonderful stuff. Uh, it's, you know, when we get to like best books of the year uh, discussion at the end, because a lot of it has been this year. Uh, most of it, in mm-hmm. fact. There'll be a lot to say, I think, uh, in the argument for this. Especially, I mean, at least on individual It's definitely not going to come close to the uh, the new Tom Taylor book, though, is it? Um, I, mean, I mean, The War of Toms is obviously an enjoyable one to watch uh, play out, but uh, yeah. No, love it. It is a little bit different. Are you, oh wait, are you talking about Nightwing or are you talking about... He's talking Dark about Knights the fantasy Steel. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, as I say, if you're comparing it to Nightwing, it's different because Nightwing has to be an ongoing story, whereas this got to tell, you know... Yeah. You get that resolution where it's hard to do that in monthly comics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Matt, what are you rating Rorschach issue 12? Uh, I'm going to give 9.5. Yeah, uh, I will. I will agree with that. I think I'll go nine point five. Uh, and I, I guess the reason why it's not getting a ten is just because the, it it maybe peaked once or twice elsewhere, and I, yeah. because because it's not quite at that peak, but it's a very satisfying conclusion that makes so much sense. So, uh, I, I think this is going to be a, an excellent twelve issue hardcover to to hand to people and say, no, this is a wonderful comic book. I mean, obviously, you do have to have read Watchmen, I think, to get the themes and to really appreciate yeah. what it's doing. But, you know. I'd say the vast majority of people who are interested in checking out something like this, if they're at that stage of their comic reading, have probably read Watchmen. Yeah, probably. I'm thinking more about a new reader. I'd say, hey, read Watchmen, and then if you like that, read this. <laughs> this when you like that. Yeah, this is a sequel. Well, I say F, because if they don't like Watchmen, then the comic books aren't for you. Just <laughs> <laughs> go back to cartoons. <laughs> Toxic fan behavior. But, hey. <laughs> I mean, I was intentionally trying to stoke some fires. Yeah, no, I know, but still. Uh, you don't like watching it, that's okay. It's, it's not, I'm not going to disrespect the art of filmmaking, okay? So I had to target cartoons specifically. Uh, okay. You know? Sure. Know. Okay, there you go. That's, that's Rorschach issue 12. Um... Well, there you go. It's all your Patreon books then. Although they're both contemporary books. Um, yeah. I will kick off uh, with Joker issue 7. So every, every month on patreon.com slash uh one of the higher tiers, you can make myself or Connor read a book. Uh, and Joker is one of the books that I have been uh, given to read uh, as a Patreon book. Uh, so issue 7 did come out this week, so it is a new issue. And this issue introduces, introduces properly to Madame Halloween, which, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, th- I mean, all on our tease from last issue, I don't think there's been, this is a character that's been around before, this feels like a, a fairly new creation to me. Uh, so, uh, obviously this is, um, 
uh, Tynan, uh, Gillen March, unfortunately, on art. Uh, it actually starts off with a bit of a like a, a secret agent spy story, uh, where so, there's a woman here that's like asking about what they're they're planning to do. It's Santa Prisca. And basically, there's a guy here who's like, we're going to turn Santa Prisca into like a, a tourist destination where we'll sell Bane t-shirts and they'll get a, a tour of the of the prison and all the rest of it. Uh, and what was he compared it to? He said it was like, it was it's Arkham meets uh, Disneyland or something. <laughs> Some stupid yeah. like that. Anyway, so, but then her phone rings and she wasn't meant to have a phone. She rips off her scarf and it turns out to be Julia Pennyworth. Uh, and Oracle's try to contact her, and she's like, hey, you're blowing my cover here. She's not here for Oracle. Oracle's contact her, and she's like, I don't want to work with Bats anymore after what happened to my father. Uh, I will say, it does have a very Secret Agent 60s style, uh, like, when it reveals who she is, she actually turns around and says, the name is Pennyworth. And she doesn't say, oh, she does, actually, no, there is a speech bubble there to say she says Julia Pennyworth. No, she does say it. She does, she does the Bond thing. She says her last name first, and then says the full thing. Um... Because Bond is cool. Terry Hatcher's in a Bond movie. She is. Is that your your positive point? Is your favourite Lois is in a Bond movie? And that's what you can say about it? Yeah, she's in Tomorrow Never Dies, Connor. I know. Which I like more than most people do. Well, I like the first half of that more than most people. The way that you said she is, it was like you were confused and I thought maybe you were having a stroke. No, she is. Well, Matt has a stroke when he watches Terry Hatcher in Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, I get that joke. <laughs> um, so it basically sets up that uh, Julia is going to maybe work with Oracle. Oracle's asking for information. She's not happy about it, but they might end up working together now. Uh, we cut to uh, Gordon. If you remember the cliffhanger from last issue, Gordon was arrested because the Joker killed some people at a lab and left Gordon's fingerprints all over it. So guards at this lab, and his direction here is really good. He's talking about how like he knows what they're doing right now. They're leaving him alone in the interrogation room, uh, looking at the evidence because he's done this to perps himself. He knows what they're playing at. Um, and then walks this you know, mysterious woman who is Madame Halloween. We find that out later, but I'm just gonna, you know, just so I can call her something. Uh, she sits down. and He's like, "Hey, you already know I'm innocent. Otherwise, you wouldn't be playing these games with me." Uh, and she's like, "Yeah, we we're just killing time until we got footage of you sitting eating." food at the restaurant in the hotel whilst the murders were happening. But she explains what this place was that Joker attacked, uh, where these scientists that were killed. Uh, it was basically a, like a, a an illegal lab that grew cloned parts of bodies so that people could fake their deaths. Yeah, like, you know, they'd, they'd clone, like, you know, a hand here, some, some, some teeth there, or, or whatever. Um, and like, Basically, Gordon and her get to talking about, um, like what they, you know, what 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 they can do to work with each other. Like, you know, that basically gets to a later scene. She because she says, "Let's go get some dinner." Um, her actual name is Isabella Hallows, which already sounds uh, kind of gimmicky <laughs> and stuff. I, to be fair, if her name's Hallows, I can see why people would actually give her a nickname like Madame mm-hmm. Halloween. So I guess there's some logic there to that. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, it, it does kind of feel like two people who are good at their jobs, like sort of like back and forth during this scene where it feels like they both know what they're talking about. 
Um, they've played a little bit of uh, detective chess with each other. Uh, but she says, let's go grab a drink. Uh, and then we cut to the clock tower uh, where Steph has just woken up at like 4pm. Uh, and she's like, that's fine. We're bad people. This is the morning for us. Steph's right. Uh, she's She's got a lot of <laughs> Steph's attitude here is proper Steph. It feels it feels like classic Steph yeah. uh, with her banter with Babs. Um, so uh, and there's some jokes about how well, do we have to go and like you know break uh, your dad out of prison? You know, me, me and Cass could go spend a week in Paris. And she's like, no, 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 no. Uh, like we're, we're here, and she's like, ah, oh, you've been moody uh, with uh, no sleep. And he's like, nah, sorry, Steph. Uh, but anyway. Then things get a little bit creepier because they notice that uh, uh, Cressida, uh, the woman who's actually from the Court of Owls, uh, is actually staring at the surveillance camera. And they're like, wait, something's wrong. And just at that moment, a Talon attacks them. Uh, and whoever it is is like, you know, just slashed all of Babs's gear. So her case is uh, like all damaged. Steph's like dodging blades. And. Like th- this, this book is is a really fun book, and it's moments like this where the the talent says, "Beware the court of," and then jumping on his back is Cass, and she just goes, "No, beware us." And there's like a panel of all three of them, sort of you know, in fighting pose. Uh, but not all three of them get into fighting with the talent, though. Uh, this is just Cass. This is Cass going to turn on this talent and whacking him in the jaw, breaking his arm beating the piss out of him. It's just a few pages of action. And, and Steph and <laughs> Steph and Babs are just like watching and just like going, ooh, like during this. This Talon didn't have a clue what he was getting ready to fight. Uh, or she. It's hard to tell. It's Talon. Uh, so good fun stuff. But they're like, okay, right. We can basically make a leap here and say that Cressida has got something to do with the court owls. Sets things up. We're going to have to... Uh, keep an eye on this and see where things go but then we go back to garden we go back to garden and madame halloween uh and she, you know the banner here is good again it's, it's like it almost feels like they're maybe you know flirting a little bit where they're kind of impressed with each other uh she says like because of the nickname she was like tempted to go all in and like just like buy orange and black clothes from now on <laughs> just to to really go into the the spirit of the whole thing um but they get talking about what's going on and she brings up the secret organization that lets villains hide out um and they get to that because she kind of critiques that gordon thinks gotham is kind of unique and that it's different and that it justifies a lot of the choices he's made in his career like you know working with batman working with a vigilante having a bat signal stuff like that and she says like okay yeah sure your costume villains are you know definitely a higher concentration and there's definitely more heroes in the u.s than there is elsewhere but they do come over here, right? We do have some heroes that kick around. And a lot of your villains do hide out around the world when they're they're on the run from Gotham or Metropolis or wherever it may be. Um, So, but then it sort of gets to like a, a bit of, the you know, what, what they're really there for. Where it's like, um, you know, Gordon just says, okay, what do you want from me? Why, why are we doing this? What's going on? Uh, and she's like, okay, I'm more interested to hear what you think I'm going to uh, want from you rather than you, but rather than me just asking, what do you think you want? I want from you? And, it, you know, it's about the secret organization that hides out the Joker and everyone else, the secret thing. There's a, there's a nice idea in the art here. Obviously, it's not, uh, you know, it's 
it's March, so the art's not good to look at necessarily, but there's a nice <laughs> idea here where as she says, you know, what do you think I want from you? The, the reflection of Gordon is in her glass of wine, but it looks like he's like in the, the wine itself, like sticking out of it. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, he's like caught in this tide and like he's caught up in all this stuff going on. It's just a nice visual idea, uh, even if it's not, you know, expertly done. Um, also, her reflections in his glasses for a lot of this scene as well. Uh, but yeah, he talks about the, the villains crossing into Europe and other parts of the world being hidden by the secret organization. Um, and basically, she wants onto this organization. She wants to take them down. Uh, and she's like, hey, you know, you do that. We'll give you the Joker. You know, you can take him back home. And Gorn's like, intense close up. And what if I'm not here to bring him home? And she just kind of shrugs and goes, you know, a lot can happen when you're apprehending someone as crazy as the Joker. What happens when you try to arrest them? Quite frankly, I don't give a shit. Uh, so it's basically this kind of alliance forming between them. It's a little bit flirty. Uh, you know, they seem like they're a similar age. They're both kind of veteran, you know, captains and, you know, detectives. Uh, the end of the issue is that Lady Bane shows up uh, behind her at the restaurant. Um, but, uh, because she says uh, she doesn't want anyone to know they're working together, and Gordon's like, that may be a problem, and it's because Lady Bane's yeah. standing behind her. Uh, honestly, the book continues to, you know, the main story continues to be really solid. Like, the Batgirl stuff working together is really fun, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mark for such a thing. Uh, but their actions are all right, you know, Cass sounds like Cass, as so she's like, beating the crap out of a talent, Steph sounds like Steph bantering with Babs. And in the main story, like, you know, Gordon, because this is a Gordon book, it's not a Joker, but Joker, the only time you see Joker in this entire book is when they're talking about him attacking the lab, there's a couple of panels of it, and that's it. Like, <laughs> Joker is the boogeyman in this book. He is not a main character. Uh, but him kind of, like, you know, doing the quid pro pro with, uh, like, a like a, a contemporary person of a similar skill set is really interesting. Uh, possible flirtations part of it notwithstanding it doesn't really matter it's just like this kind of feels like oh he's kind of like combating a you know someone who is kind of like him it's like he's bouncing off of a mirror and because so much of this book is about him deciding if he should go through with something that he doesn't you know in the past has never believed he should go through with but now he's contemplating that the idea that he's bouncing off someone that's a lot like him to make him reflect upon himself and his own choices is just smart storytelling so Good stuff. Um, I'm really into the main story. You know, I, I'm only you know I, I can't go higher than a seven because the art's just you know it's Gillen March. I can't go higher than a seven. I just can't, even if I think it deserves it based on the writing. Uh, the backup story. I'm you know I'm losing patience with a bit. You know, it's like the, uh, I'm not I'm not as super into the art, uh, which is uh, Sweeney Boo. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sweeney, Sweeney Todd's cousin. Yeah, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd's cousin, Sweeney Boo. Likes to just jump out and yell boo at people. Uh, but this is a tiny butt with Sam, Sam Johns. Presumably Sam Johns is the one scripting. Um, and there's some fun stuff here, I guess, with Orca, who maybe lets uh, Harper get away. Harper's in the prison, and um, what's her face? Punchline and her gang are trying to like, track her down and find her. And Orca kind of, like, sees her in the locker she's hiding in and then kind of, like, punches it to, like, give her a hole in the wall to escape. Uh, but, like, there's not a lot of the story each time, uh, and some of it just, like, there's just not enough to be satisfied from it, I don't think. 
Uh, you combine that with the big anime eyes and the art uh, that I'm not super into. Uh, when she crawls through some uh, air ducts for a while, uh, you know, classic trope, uh, she runs into the woman she's looking for in the prison, uh, which is the one who has, like, some... You know, she's a witness and she can sort of testify against Punchline. Uh, and that's basically it. She finds her. Uh, and then there's one page at the end revealing that the boyfriend of her brother is not necessarily a straight-up Joker groupie, uh, but he does have a tattoo, which, when questioned, turns out to be a Royal Flush gang tattoo. Yeah! <laughs> now, uh, keep in mind that Harper... Oh, sorry, uh, Punchline in the prison took over a Royal Flush group in the prison, so this kind of ties the stories together a little bit. Uh, I have to admit, if I wasn't doing this for a Patreon book where I'm actually, you know, being paid to read this book, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be reading the backup. I would just be reading the, uh, the main story. But, which I guess is a kind of a... Well, it's a silly thing to say because the reason why I wasn't reading I, the reason why I didn't keep reading it in the first place is because it just it was overpriced. So that's why right. it was a, it's a it's become a Patreon because someone wanted me to keep reading it. But if it was regular priced and I was still reading it of my own free will, <laughs> then I wouldn't read the backup. That's a really convoluted. Imagine if it was overpriced and you were not reading the backup. Oh, that's an expensive twenty pages. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a Patreon book, so you know. Uh, oh yeah, obviously. I mean, there's a, there's an exception here, but yeah, for regular people. Yes. So that's that's all. A convoluted thing to say is that the backups just kind of lost me a little bit. But you know, I'll I'll struggle through it. It's whatever. Uh, like halfway through the series now, anyway. It's like a five out of ten. The backup, I'd say this week. I'm just I've, I've lost patience with it. But uh, main story, really good, great great garden story. Uh, loving the Batgirl stuff as well uh, alongside it. Uh, plus all the shenanigans, which is fun. So, um. Yeah, I, I recommend that as a story. I really, I really do. Uh, there you go. That's Joker issue seven. Uh, other Patreon book this week is Connor on Harley Quinn issue six, which I is from last month. Is it? It is because I missed a few weeks. Aye, right, so you're playing catch up. Yep. I think this is the only one I got to catch up from last month, so I'll be on to this month's stuff next week. Sure. sure. Um, sweet mercy, there is no Riley Rosmo on this issue. It's oh. uh, it's Laura Braga on art, and this is. I'm disappointed not, because I want you to suffer. Not quite a fear state <laughs> tie-in, but it's a lead into the fear state tie-in, and there's stuff that's like, this is not branded as such, but it's definitely setting that up, and it's got relevant things. Uh, first off, I don't think this is Laura Braga's best work. I've seen mm-hmm. better. Uh, it's solid. I think there are multiple points where Harley's face in particular looks wrong and it's that's a little frustrating uh, but I mean compared to Brosmo you know I'll take it <laughs> uh, but this issue is Harley in Alleytown and of course she runs into Catwoman uh, she's tracking down drugs that Strange took Stole, wanted something, something to do with strangest drugs. Uh, but th- there's a whole like running narration thing about how she doesn't hate cats, but she doesn't really like them, you know. And by the end, it's like, oh yeah, but if you earn their trust, they're amazing. All, all that sort of bullshit, which and obviously it plays into Catwoman throughout Th- the issue. That, that is just completely true. If you earn a cat's trust, they're amazing creatures. No, no, 
Mine oh. still bites me for no reason. But you've not earned your cat's trust, okay? Yeah, I, I have. But, like, <laughs> she comes up and decides, hey, your ankle looks like a good place to bite right now. This is casserole. Uh, but, yeah, it, there's, there's a lot of action in this uh, in this issue, which I'm okay with. It, you know, you got uh on coming down, fighting up the, like, the peacekeepers, because they're in Alleytown right now, again, tying up in, the, in towards the Fear State stuff. And then they go and, you know... Uh, Question slash interrogate slash maybe soft torture a dude. Uh, to be honest, it's barely more extreme than what Batman does. It's just hanging him upside down off a roof. But side of light torture. Yeah, yeah. Just the upper body strength on Catwoman here, though. Holy shit! So she's got the whip wrapped around the guy, and she's you know literally hanging off the side of the building, and she's just standing there like casual, like with it in one hand. With this guy, like the, his entire dead weight hanging off the building, and she's like not even straining. It's it's impressive. Uh, but the actual fear state stuff tie-in, again pre-tie-in, is uh, strange. Comes you know is here, but who should visit him? But Scarecrow. Uh, Scarecrow's not happy that Strange has been stealing his fear toxin to use it, and he's like, no, I wouldn't do that. And yes, we're completely alone right now, except the guy, Keepsake, who popped out last issue, who I was like, who the shit's Keepsake and why are you making a big deal about it? Uh, he's here and he's like, yeah, we may have used some of your toxins. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just do a little bit, change them up, but they're, they're presumably going to have some sort of partnership as we go into the estate, uh, and that's why we'll have an actual tie-in issue. Uh, but right now, it's just more action. Harley and Ivy, she decide, Harley decides to create a distraction by jumping down into the middle of all of them. And then Catwoman just comes in and, and whips them all up. And then they throw like a poison. At, they throw it at Catwoman. It's like this toxic, this vial of poison. And they throw it at Catwoman. Harley pushes her out of the way and gets it all on her. And it, it affects her pretty bad. And then Selena, Selena just casually has a, a anti-poison on her uh, all times now because because Batman is basically the reason. Uh, emergency poison antidote on me at all times. You know, that just about did the trick and got her back. And, you know, Catwoman's coming around on Harley over the course of the issue. You know, at the start, she's like, get out of Alleytown. If I help you do this, you'll never come back to Alleytown. And by the end, you know, she's got Harley in her apartment and, you know, making her feel better. And she's like, all right, I'll go off and, you know, give you a hand while you recover. Uh, and there's definitely some hints of the stuff that's going on with Ivy that we're dealing with in Catwoman that Catwoman obviously knows a little bit about. Uh, that I'm sure, again, will come up into this book as it goes forward. It kind of has to. Uh, because this this issue is constantly, constantly kind of do, going over the top to remind us that Harley and Catwoman are not a thing because there's Harley and Ivy, and that's like an actual relationship. That's an actual thing, not just you know Harley flirting with everyone. And you know it's uh, it's okay. It's I still feel like even this book, even without the Rosmo art, I don't love it. Um, I don't. 
I just don't really like Philip's writing as much as I'd hoped. There's the odd issue where it's like really strong. And a lot of it's just mediocre. Because nothing in this is bad. Structured perfectly fine. A lot of action. You know, a little bit of your, your tie-in stuff. And it's just okay, though. It's it's never it's never great. And it's never like, you know, some of the, the older, you know, you know the, the Sirens issues of these two off-on adventures together were really great. And this doesn't quite have that magic to it. This doesn't sound punishing enough. No, it's... It's it's not a punishing issue by any to, means. To quote, but... to quote the the killer from the hit film Silent Night, Deadly Night, punish. <laughs> when choosing which Connor will read for Patreon, just think, punish. I read more punishment books than you do. Punish. Because <laughs> people like Pete more for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I can list a few if you like. <laughs> One, not try. ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yes, not ginger. Devilishly handsome. Exceedingly witty. Just a dash of charm. Yes, only a dash. Massive ego. <laughs> Huge head also. Mm. Uh. People love my massive ego. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, this issue's okay. It's I'm I'm interested, I suppose, to see how it ties into Fear State. If it is just the uh Scarecrow and Strange stuff, or if there is something a bit more direct. Um, but that's a Fear State problem rather than a Harley Quinn problem and editorial mandated tie ins have their own troubles, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the video viewers, yes, I did move out the way a little bit so you could watch my cat uh, in the background. I'm sorry, video viewers. Taking care of his, uh, his fur. He's adorable, look at him! He's adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is just like a six. <laughs> Alright, there you go. That will take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and we'll rank our however many books we read, because I don't think any of us read five tall. So, um, we will start off with panel slash moment, Matt, and which moment from Rorschach are you picking? <laughs> I'm I'm going to go... Uh, trying to think which one you're going to go with. So I don't, I don't mm-hmm. take it. Are you going to go with the yeah? I, I'd consider so the, could go that whole sequence. Yeah, I, I consider the yeah. I, 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 I could also consider like the hand coming in with the blood, like just that moment. What you know, yeah, those two pages. A good of, one too. Look at the tape recorder. I could easily go, uh, the 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 the, the security guy listening for, and hearing the tape and mm-hmm. thinking it's just him practicing a speech. Like there's yeah. so many good moments. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the yeah, just because it starts with uh, Charlie going. Don't worry, son. I'm living forever. He's just like, mm-hmm. Mm. So what'd you think? So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Also, just one final note on that. I think it's a conscious choice that I don't think it shows the kid or Myerson the entire issue. Like, is it no. intentionally, it's like, no, this is just him now. Like, everything's transferred. Mm-hmm. Issue, issue 11 was their goodbye. Now it's all just yep. him. Uh, but yeah, I will... Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with the tape recorder. It's just too good. Like, the the... The hand came in with the blood. 
and pressing play after he's done. It's just it's just so well paced, so good stuff. Uh, Cara, what are you picking? Uh, I'm gonna go from I Am Batman. Very limited options this this week for me. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. So I'm just gonna pick something that's a nice, cool bit of art rather than has any actual meaning behind it. Um, so I'm just gonna go the almost full page splash of um of uh, of Jace kind of whipping out the the batons in the smoke, mm-hmm. like the orange smoke. Uh, that, it's just a great page. There's a lot of good pages in that book. Uh, yeah, to be fair. Uh, all right. So best cover of the week. Uh, not a ton of choice. Both Rorschach covers are pretty solid. I actually think I'm going to go with the main I Am Batman cover. Uh, that is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. It's actually kind of similar in tone to that page you picked as your moment, but in terms of colors yeah. and whatnot. But it's just a nice. I image. mean, that is uh, a Koi Pell cover, I believe. So, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Uh, what are you picking, Matt? This is tough. I'm t- I was trying to to mix it up. It's kind of hard not to go with the four books I read, not to go with the main Rorschach cover. It's a very nice. Is he cover. Is, is he coming? Is he going? Like <laughs> it's vague. So yeah, I'll go with that one. Yeah. Should he stay or should he go? Uh, Connor. I will go with the Wonder Woman variant, uh, Becky Cloonan. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. That about sums it up. Yeah, it's a nice li- piece of art. I kind of like it. <laughs> uh, all right, best art of the week. Uh, I mean, it's Rorschach for me. I'm just going to. I'll say it quickly. Matt, are you saying that? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I can't like as good as the Kumar art was in Justice League Dark, and as good as Janin's Art isn't Thor. Thor. I, it's four minutes. I always try to say authority, but I just kept hearing Thor. I had like Thor two Thor. times. Superman, Thor. Yeah. Superman and the Thor. The oh man, <laughs> throwing Superman in the the Thor's book. That'd have been great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what's your art of the week, Connor? Well, I didn't read Rorschach, so I can't pick corners. Although I suspect it's uh, probably would have been. Uh, so I'll go with Koi Pell for I Am Batman. Not surprised. There was definitely the runner-up for. I mean, me. it's still very good art. Like on on another week, could have deserved a win anyway. Mm-hmm. Like even on a week with more than two or three books. I mean, it was put between those two because my other book was Joker with Gil and March. So I mean, that didn't stand a chance. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so ranking books we read, Matt, go for it. Oh, uh, one is Rorschach. Two is the Superman the Authority. Three is One Woman. Uh, four is something I didn't read this week. And then five is Justice League. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was only kind of half paying attention, so it wasn't until after he said what his five was that I realized what he said at number four. Uh, <laughs> Connor, what are you reckon? <laughs> well, I, got, I am Batman. And then I got Wonder Woman. I'm out. Oh, Cara came back. Guns are blazing this week, didn't he? I, I, I did not know it was going to be such a light week, I'll be honest. Uh, I, obviously, Rorschach number one, and I'll put Joker above I Am Batman. Uh, so, Joker number two, I Am Batman number three. Uh, although, I Am Batman definitely had the better art. That's not... Uh, and it doesn't have a backup dragging it down. It does have a backup dragging it down, that's true. But still, I like the story enough in Joker that I'm picking, picking it at number two. So, 
there you go. That's uh, that's the picks. I will tell you what is coming next week. Hopefully, more that we all actually read than we did this time. Uh, so coming next week, we have Batman One Thirteen. Fear State continues. First part was very good, so looking forward to that. Uh, Flash Seven Seven Four. Nightwing 84, that's always exciting, as is Catwoman 35. Fear State tie-in as well, Nightwing. That's just Catwoman, yeah. Uh, all, all, most of the Bat Family books are, I think, that. Uh, Batman and Detective issue 5, that one isn't, because that's a mini, obviously. Uh, we have Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 3, Supergirl, <laughs> Woman of Tomorrow. Three Tom Taylor books on the same week. Yes, it is. <laughs> Love it, accept it, believe it. Uh, so Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, Issue 4, Legends of the Dark Knight, Issue 5, Batman Secret Files, Miracle Molly, Issue 1. Uh, that's a maybe? I'll have to check who's writing it and what's going on. But uh, Tynan's writing it with Danny mm-hmm. on art, who is doing the uh, the Arkham book that we were talking about earlier, which I uh, sent you guys the page. Oh, yes, yes. I had, a, I had a quick look. Uh, it did look nice. So in that case, uh, that's the difference. This is already like, so much more than this week for me. Uh, Shazam issue 3 is out Batman and Virgins continue issue 4 Suicide Squad King Shark issue 1's out next week as is Aquaman the Becoming issue 1 uh, and then also Batman v's Bigsby a Wolf in Gotham issue 1 if you want that crossover with Fables action uh, and then Looney Tunes 262 to round out all the books available so much more exciting week book wise next week I think uh, we got three Tom Taylor books and Fear State, and then also Ram V Catwoman. It is a and Tom mm-hmm. King Supergirl is is a delightful week of releases. So I feel bad for those issue ones that are kind of getting thrown in on this this week with a lot of books that I'm excited for, and then King Shark. <laughs> what he's doing wrong is Tim Seeley. It's probably okay, but yeah, hey, so King you, Shark. You want to give these issue ones a chance, but you know, like they're so low priority next week because of all the other books coming out that are far more exciting. Yep. So hey ho, hey ho. Uh, that's it. I'll make the effort. I'll try. I'll, I'll try and read them. Uh, but uh, some good stuff next week. So there you go. Uh, I will now thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you. Two, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Shaw, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Not Stanley, Matt, don't start. Uh not even say anything this time. He doesn't even have the energy today. Yeah, he doesn't have the energy. He's too, Excelsior! He's too... <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Thank you. So our Patreon producers are one of the higher tiers on Patreon, of course, but you can support us for as little as $1 per month and help keep all the content coming at the $5 tier in particular you get the show a day early uh, so go and have a look and see if you want to support all the content that way you can also support us though completely for free by simply hitting the like button subscribing commenting on YouTube all those things help out a lot and help grow the channel uh, and especially since it's the comics from the multiverse channel on its own now so you know uh, but check out the other channels check out Mailfuzz TV and Mailfuzz Movies for TV reviews and movie podcasts and all that sort of stuff um, but you can also support us uh, the audio version if you give us a five star review uh, on iTunes or whatever podcast podcast app you use. Um, that also helps out, and also share us. You can get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast, and uh, worth going there. In fact, because sometimes I mean, really these days, since we somehow find the time to just go along on everything anyway. But uh, and, it, and if there is ever a week where there's almost no books to talk about, uh, we'll ask you for questions on there. So worth following. Uh, and getting the odd update and retweet of news and uh, you can ask us questions just for questions sake if you 
If you have a question about the show and you want to answer it, I will answer it on Twitter via at DC Comics Podcast. So, uh, there you go. Uh, that is episode 271. And there's only one way to end this Batman Day special of comics from the multiverse. It's by asking a Matt a dumb Batman question that I know he's going to be very opinionated on. <laughs> Look at him. He looks like he wants to punch me. Already. He is ready to punch. <laughs> be brave, Pete. Ask the question. <laughs> be brave. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh... So Come on, Hector Hammond, with your massive head. <laughs> if it's not the question I think it is, I'm going to be very disappointed. But yeah, I, I'll be honest, I don't really have a good question prepared. I'm sort of stalling for <laughs> oh, I think, I do. So go on, yeah, Connor, ask a question. No. Why? Why is Batman better than Superman? He's not. But it's Batman Day, so he must be. I'm sure I asked that last year, which is why I, why I was trying to think of something it's different. Fair, yeah, I, I, don't I, I don't know. I asked something similar last year. I'm sure that. I, I have no reasoning before, but besides, I, he's not. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is like a sports question. I, I, I feel like the world at large disagrees with you. Well, the world's stupid. Hmm. Do, do you think Batman's better than Superman, Connor? Maybe. Maybe he is. Well, then you're stupid. <laughs> that's not news True. I, I, I feel like there should be a new tradition on Batman Day every year because it always seems to be a Saturday when we're recording because it's been done the same it's day as the show yeah. um, I hate Batman Day unless it's about uh, Dick Grayson I, I feel like Matt should have to wear nothing but Batman merch on camera on Batman Day I burned all my Batman merch thank you Batman shirt, Batman hat that's, uh, that's not true I do have I have a Nightwing hat if that counts. In fact, yeah, I feel like we should flags. just give him a little cowl. Oh, oh, a cowl would be good. Or, or Joey, we could get him. You know, like the Ultimate Warrior face paint, but like a bat symbol on his face. Have it painted on <laughs> over his eyes. Uh, it's staying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and introducing on today's show, The Vengeance of the Night, Matt. <laughs> I'll never forget the time. <laughs> that, that James asked me my top five Batman, and I went through, and I found five people that wore the cowl that weren't Bruce Wayne, and it is a, it is an accomplishment. See, he, he wasn't ready for he wasn't ready for me to have an actual answer. He thought he was just trolling me. Yes. Well, so. obviously, we wish everyone at home a happy Batman Day, uh, and that comes from myself. It comes from Connor, and it comes from the number one Bat fan, Matt. How dare you! Bat Matt, they call him. I feel like no, they, that Matt should they rename don't. his Twitter. It's, at the minute, it's Matt of Steel. I think it should be Matt of Bats. Yes. No. <laughs> well, that's closer to Man Bat, so you're onto something. Yes. I mean, that's why Matt's always saying how much he loves the Knights, because he's the Matt Knight. He's this old Dark Knight thing. It's like, there's a correlation there. Not not, not this year. It's, it's a sad time to be a Knights fan. <laughs> I didn't see a picture of Mark andre Fleury in... in Blackhawks gear. I, I like that. it. And, and last time I checked, the Knights hockey jersey wasn't like blue with a red symbol, was it? No. No. What no color? It's, it's gray. And that's only. Oh man, that's good that they couldn't be the Black Knights. I'd never hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> All Matt, right. Matt only recognizes the away kit from now on. Yes. The white. Man, they were looking sharp last night in Phoenix. It was the rookie game. 
rookie goaltenders, yeah, he'll be okay. But still. Okay. Well, that's your banter section at the end of the show. So happy Batman Day, everyone. I'm hungry. Uh, also, for all you, and for all you wrestling fans, we got Grand Slam next week. Super size rampage. We get big stuff on dynamite. Oh, yeah, wait, is Rampage two hours week. next week? Uh, what's that, Matt? Is Rampage two hours next week? Yep. It's gotta be. All those matches? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's two hours and I think it may be starting earlier. It may be on the same time as uh, Dynamite as in I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong though. I could be wrong. There was some mixed communications on on that. Well when they started uh, adding three more matches, I was like, geez. Yeah. That's uh man, those people are gonna be so excited in, in New York on Wednesday. They got pay per view on a uh, Wednesday. Oh yeah, the people at Arthur oh. Arsh get a four hour pay per view basically. Yeah. So they're they're delayed. I'm delayed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's that's the that's the episode. That's that's episode two seven one of the Multiverse. Thank you very much for joining us. Once again, keep reading DC comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force. I love that man.